For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. They call them thick talkers in the front of the star today. There's nothing funny about it apart from the headlines. These are the uh, ramming teens who... Uh, uh, rammed Garda car and uh, just went on a bit of just hundreds of yobs uh, doing what yobs do. Uh, the term brazen is used in one of the red tops today, which is an old fashioned word I haven't heard in a long, long time. But they're so thick, and that's why they call them thick talkers, that they videoed all of their carry on and their antics and belly ferment and then loaded up the videos and the photographs up on TikTok. So that should help the Gardaí uh, to track them down. And believe me, the Gardaí are front and centre in finding these guys, questioning them and prosecuting them, or at least trying to put manners on them. Meanwhile, TikTok are saying, as, as social media platforms usually do, that they will not tolerate any criminality uh, on their site. Um, and the spokesperson said that uh, anyone who posted um, any kind of videos or photographs or anything like that with their accounts shut down. But what do you do then? Just reopen the account again under another name, I suppose. Uh, Tragically, uh, the deaths of two small children continue to dominate the front page of many of the papers today. You'll recall that um, um, Thelma was five and her two-year-old brother Mikey died in a car fire in Westmead uh, on the 9th of September. Well, their mother has now appeared in court last night charged with murdering her two young children. She couldn't be named or identified before the court appearance, but following the court appearance now, uh, she has been named as Lynn Eager, aged 48, accused of murdering the two uh, um, in, sept- in early September. The headline in the mirror this morning is Fire Kids Murder Mum in Court. Um, the son calls it Blaze Kids Mum on Double Murder Rap. She made absolutely no reply uh, when she was uh, uh, when she was in court yesterday. Um, in fairness, uh, the Labour Party's uh, Peter Horgan makes total sense to me. In the times that we live in, it's a front page, it's not the main headline in the Echo, but it's a front page on the Echo, uh, which talks about uh, the possibility that we should, well, it won't be a possibility, but it's a damn good idea, that we should have uh, a scheme that would give everybody unlimited usage of public transport anywhere in Ireland. And they should be given a €9 Euro per month ticket. He calls it a climate ticket. He said it would be a game changer. It's such a sensible approach, really, because it would incentivize people, he says, maybe to use the car less. People would be encouraged, I suppose, not to use it with the cost of, uh, of, of unleaded and indeed diesel and travel more sustainably on buses uh, and, you know, make it attractive, I suppose. Um, we have this ongoing issue with regards to school buses, uh, which is absolutely plaguing uh, and suburban Ireland and, you know, but urban Ireland and as well as, as rural Ireland where kids literally can't get on buses anymore. I was, you know, watching yesterday, Paul Byrne did a report um, dealing with a couple of lads down, well, more than a couple of lads, uh, kids who can't get on buses and young people and teenagers who can't get on buses uh, to go to and from school. But his report had to do with St. Coleman's College in Formoy. Um And a couple of them, at least a couple of them, I'll talk to a couple in a second, are now going to school on tractors. These are the students on tractors. Have a listen to this. A school transport of a different kind and one these classmates never imagined they'd have to use. I've been taking a bus for the last four years, like from second year all the way up to fifth year. And this year, due to the buses being free, I guess, and the rise in numbers, they just kicked me off the bus. Didn't get it. And now I'm stuck driving the tractor in and out twice a day. 34k in and out. Takes a while. A lot of diesel, like price of diesel has gone up. And it's, it's heartbreaking to see all the lads getting the bus for free. Like when I'm paying a lot of money to get in and out, like. 
Because their parents are tied up at work, the friends now have to travel by tractor from Glenville to their school in Fromoy in County Cork every day. It is a bit embarrassing like that you have to drive a tractor to school, Ari. Like, you'd say you should be able to get a bus, like, but like you have to do it. Like If, if I don't, I've no in school. The introduction of free school transport has seen a massive demand for seats, but in Glenville, 20 children have failed to secure a place. It's costing nearly €50,000 collectively for all of us to drive from Glenville to Fromoy. The price of diesel is rising. If the government had thought about it before they, they, they released that everyone gets a free ticket, uh, this wouldn't have been an issue. A spokesperson for the Department of Education said students known as concessionary applicants will be allocated a seat once all eligible children are catered for. Total disgrace at the moment, what's going on? And Norma Foley, like, should have fierce questions answered. Like, she's the Minister of Education and she, having her homework done in this when she released it, the buses were free. Until a seat on the bus becomes available, Kieran and Donal will find themselves searching for a parking space near their school for the foreseeable future. Paul Byrne, Virgin Media News, County Cork. And the lads join me by phone, Donald and Kieran. Kieran, good morning. How are you? Donald, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, did you guys, did you take the tractors this morning? We did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, where do you park them in school, lads? There's, there's a pitch over uh, across the road, and it's where we do our training, all for PE for the school teams, all that, there's big parking space there. Right. So you right. park the and over there. And Kieran, does then, did, did the school okay with it? Like, have they endorsed it and said, yeah, park yeah, over there? They, they don't mind. They're, they're actually fairly certain about, like, the, some schools then could be very bad about it. So, to be what? fair to them, they're yeah. very good. Right. Uh, Donald, what are you up on? Is it Massey Ferguson's or John Deere's or Ford's or what are they? Uh, I'm on a class and Kieran is up on a John Deere, like, it's it's costing us a huge amount to get in and out every day. It's, it's outrageous. Like it's about a euro to a kilometre for our diesel, and we're we're doing thirty four day. Like who owns the hours. who owns the tractors? Fathers. Right. So your farming background then is it? Yeah, I'm contracting myself. It's um, no contracting finished. We have the uh, tractors just laying around the home. Uh, right? I was going to ask you, if you guys have the tractors in school, who's who's doing the farming without them? Uh, it's There's not too much work to be done at home. Like so I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And just on, just on a little couple of housekeeping aspects, you're, you're, you're both insured to drive them and everything. Like the, You don't attract yeah. attention from the boys in blue or anything, no? No, no, no. we're both insured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? Was it you used to have places on the school bus? Was it? Yeah, we used to have places on the bus. I I moved to St. Columbus College after first year. I was in class in Creenhaven and carried in a bar, but I moved to St. Columbus and the first year I was getting a public bus from Wargrass Hill, and then after that I was on a bus from Torger and to last year, and. Just no ticket this year. Okay, because when it was made free, everything changed, didn't it, lads? Yeah, like there's people on the bus now that I've never seen on the bus ever before yeah. last year. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so you apply, and it's a kind of a lottery, isn't it? Yeah, it's literally based on luck. Like, yeah, yeah. So the way it works this tickets. year now, the way it worked this year now is the two of us we'd applied, we'd paid our money, and. They had, and Portugal, 
when they announced it was free, the portal reopened, cancelled everyone's orders for tickets, yeah. gave all the money back, and went into a lottery system of who was getting it then. Yeah, yeah, and you guys lost out. Hence the tractors to school. Um, yeah. What do they make of it in school, like your, your buddies and your pals? Some, most of them think it's funny, but like some of them, I wouldn't. I don't think they really mind. Like, but yeah, yeah. Like somebody, it's, it's, somebody mentioned that it's embarrassing. You don't find it embarrassing, no? I think it's. A, I think it's, it's. I think it's pretty cool myself. Why would you think it's embarrassing? It's just the fact that like you'd actually have to spend the money on tractor and driving in and out in the tractor, like zigging the bus for free, like everyone else. Yeah. And what year yeah. are you guys in, Kieran and Donald? I'm in fifth year. Yeah. I'm in sixth year. I'm in sixth year. All right. What do, we, what do both of you make of the state of the nation? I know this is impacting on you with regards to transport to school and having to go on a tractor. But what do you think of things generally in Ireland now, a fifth year and a sixth year? For myself, um, I don't know how don't I'm going to deal with it because I'm dealing with the insecurity of the leaving cert with not knowing what's going on because they're after saying we're getting concessions, they haven't said what they are. It's just different. It's I don't know what's fully going to happen. Yeah. And not to have the uh, security of the bus ticket then is just a whole other level. But say when you finish your leaving certificate, do both of you have plans? The reason I'm asking is an awful lot of young people are doing the leaving cert, they're getting their college education and they're legging it. What are your plans? Well, my plan anyway, after when I do my leaving cert to go to high college, get my green cert. Um, and hopefully take all the farm at home. And yourself, Donald? Um, myself, no. I have very little plan because the way I'm looking at it right now is the points are going to be inflated this year. I might take a year out and just farm on someone else's yard for a year right. and see what happens and see how I enjoy it. Yeah, and so therefore there's a chance that both of you will stay in or go into farming, stay in farming, take over the family farms then? Yeah. 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 But for now you intend using the tractor to and from school right across the winter? Yeah, that's the way it looks on, like right now. Unless the bus comes up, unless the bus, bus comes up. Right, and has anybody yeah, said yeah. anything to you about a space to get you off the tractors? No. Nothing. 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 Okay. All right. All right. Listen, I think you stepped out of class, so I appreciate it, both of you. I'll let you get on. Have a good weekend. Safe driving in the tractors, lads. Thank Bye. you. Cheers, that's Kieran and Donald from St. Coleman's College in Formoy. The state of the nation, lads, huh? And then again, you have Threshold telling us this morning uh, that they are now dealing with an average of four notices of termination a day in Cork City and County. And a lot of that has to do with 50% of the houses and apartments on the market for sale now are landlords leaving the market. A couple of very interesting ones making the papers today. One is regarding scams. Uh, this fella, another use of the word brazen, I suppose, if you like, a 44-year-old man, uh, the scam was carried out more than once uh, in Woody's, once in the Kinsale Road, and I believe then, uh, I think I'm correct in saying twice in Woody's in Blackpool. What he used to do was he'd go in and he'd buy an item like a power washer. Uh, he'd go out, he'd pay for it, and he'd go out and load it into his car. Um, but then he'd go back in having the receipt for it, and he'd grab another one from the shelf and then return it and get a refund. Uh, it's a clever scam. It was doing fine. Uh, happened in Woody's on the Kinsale Road. A 300 euro power washer was taken. Um, he went out with it, then came back in and got another one off the shelf and got a refund of the one. 
that he bought, but he had the other one out in the car all the time. So he got €300 Euro back on that one. Apparently a second time then, it was a multi-tool set worth €200 Euro that was stolen um, and a brush cutter worth €230. Euro. And then there was another one then in May, a €300 Euro pressure washer. Uh, and uh, between the four of the, the offences, it was about a loss of over €1,000 Euro, uh, to Woody's. But uh, apparently it also was revealed in court that he was convicted twice for theft, twice for driving without insurance and one for, for begging. Now, Defence Solicitor Frank Butterman had a busy, busy day in court yesterday. Um, he's a 44-year-old man, a Congolese national, married and living in Cork and has settled here. Uh, sentencing on that one has been adjourned. So it's an interesting kind of scam that things people can think up. But you've got to wonder why this one actually ever got to court at all. This is the story of a Liverpool-loving man and his Manchester United-supporting son. So the father and a son got into a street fight on their way home after watching a match between their beloved teams on television, apparently. Now, uh, unfortunately, United beat Liverpool 2-1 uh, on that, in that game. I think it was uh, the, the August 22nd game. So Damien Dowdle and his son Christopher were in court, standing side by side. I imagine they were mortified. They were in court because the guardie came along and found them fighting in the middle of the road, apparently. Um, the guard said that they were drunk and that they were a danger to themselves and others. And they both engaged in threatening behaviour. Now, there would have been a time when two of them would have been told to cop on, cop on to themselves and go home, particularly because they're a father and son, right? Uh, it might have got a clip across the ear <laughs> from the guard way back. You can't be doing that anymore. So it ended up in court. <laughs> Frank Bottomer said it all started with watching the Liverpool match against Man United in the pub. Um, and he said well, everything was grand. There was plenty of lively discussions. Uh, they're fans. The father's a Liverpool fan. The son's a United fan. United beat Liverpool as it tragically transpired. I wonder does that mean that Frank Bottomer himself is a Liverpool fan? Uh, anyway, on the way home, there was a debate on the merits of the respective groups. And it gave rise to this. Um, they kept at it, but it was just misplaced loyalty. So this was in court. Apparently, the judge knows nothing about soccer. He said it's the one sport uh, that passed him by. He said uh, he'd be better off looking at the moon. Anyway, they were in court, the two of them, both very sorry. Frank Bottomer said they really are very pleasant gentlemen who shouldn't be here at all. <laughs> and I, for one, agree. Why does that have to end up in court? Anyway, I suppose the court poor box, um, you know, is to the benefit of it because each of them had to pay €100 Euro to the court poor box to strike out the charges. Uh, th- I just think they're worth mentioning from the court courts. One or two other stories of interest. I know the time is against me, uh, but we're kind of uh, dealing with the, the tractor story as well. There's a huge decline in support for Fianna Fáil, apparently, and the mail this morning is leading with the fact that the Ardesh won't have as many Fianna Fáilers there as maybe other years. It's in a week's time. And they're saying there's been abysmally low numbers of members registering to attend the Ardesh. I don't know whether they might have registered for Sinn Féin or another political party, but Fianna Fáil should be very worried. And you remember I was asking the question, because of the times we live in and fuel poverty, whether or not people would get an increase in the €3.20 a day for their energy costs. Um, No, there won't be. So there'd be no rise in the budget for people working from home and facing soaring energy bills. It's a story that makes the sun today. No relief for workers from home, or at least no increase in it. Meanwhile, of course, TDs continue to get all these different pay increases, much of them backdated. The first one would be €1,000. The second one would be another €2,500 a few weeks later. And, of course, all public servants will get these increases. In fact, they're balloting on whether they'll actually accept the proposed 3% increase It's well for them. You would think that they would take it and be happy with it. Perhaps they want more. 
Perhaps that's the difference between the 340,000 public servants and everybody else who's private who would snap the hand off you if they were offered in the private sector a 3% increase. But the politicians, of course, say it's got nothing to do with us. We're all part of the public service and we just get it automatically. Papers also this morning talk of issues involving uh, assault. Uh, One of them is a young girl up the country in Longford who was just walking down the street um, um, and she was dragged to the ground and struck once in the side of the head by her hair. Of course, this was captured on video. And it just reminds me um, of uh, issues overseas with regards to how difficult women find life just trying to survive. Uh, This morning, Brenda Power in her column in the Mail uh, says, and and I'm just quoting her directly, she says, it's safe to say that you don't find too many men, men identifying as women in Iran. For some strange reason, they're not exactly clamoring to be treated as women, to dress as women and to use women's spaces and avail of women's privileges. Why? Because women don't have safe spaces or privileges in Iran. Much of the country's civil law openly prioritizes men over women. Did you know that women only, co- uh, only comprise of 20% of the paid workforce? Women are officially second-class citizens. If a pedestrian is struck by a car, for example, the compensation is halved if the victim is female. Unbelievable. And while men can dress as they please, women can be prosecuted, lashed or imprisoned for up to 15 years for not keeping their heads and bodies covered at all times in public. They can even be killed for it, lads. And it happened. On Tuesday, September 14th, a 22-year-old woman called Masha Amini was walking in Tehran with her brother, Since women walking alone are presumed to be prostitutes, she had to walk with her brother. So the morality police on a passing patrol stopped and arrested her for wearing her hijab too loosely. And they could see some of her hair. They told her brother that they were detaining her for educational orientation classes on the correct way to wear a hijab. She was put in a police van. Once inside the police van, her head was banged hard against the side of the vehicle, Waiting outside the detention centre, her brother and others' witnesses uh, heard her screaming and eventually an ambulance came to take her to hospital. She went into a coma and died three days later. So that's what it's like, lads, to be a woman living in Iran. And will that bring down Iran's women haters is the question uh, that she's asking in her column this morning. I don't know. I don't think so. Not anytime soon. It's just to put things in perspective as to how difficult life can be for women all over the world, but certainly in some very brutal regimes when it comes to women's rights. Lines are open on 0818104106. You can text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, straight to uh, Lehenamore and Toker, if you don't mind, because first it was a burst uh, water pipe. That's bad enough. Then more seriously, it was a burst gas pipe. God knows what could happen with that. And now it's human waste. Human waste. Feces in the estates, in the houses, in the driveways, and in the gardens. Lisa O'Connell and Amy join me by phone. Lisa, good morning. Hi, Maria. Amy, can you hear me all right? I can. Good morning, Neil. Nice chatting with both of you. Wish it was in better circumstances. What happened, Lisa? What's going on? Because I've seen the photographs, and forgive me for saying this, it must be disgusting for you. It is. It's horrible, and the smell as well is disgusting. Um, the workers yesterday, when the manhole burst, they started brushing the, the sewage and the human waste all down the road, all over the footpaths, the cars that were driving by, 
Um, and then four houses out of the nine, their gardens flooded with everything. Human um, waste is what you're saying it flooded with. Waste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just everywhere destroyed, everything that was in their gardens. It came up um, by the cars, so the roadway into the estate. And then the workers actually shoveled some of the human waste into the green area <sighs> in our estate. Was it a? Did they burst a pipe doing work or something? Is it? Is it? Is it a drainage scheme they're doing down there? Or what? It is. Yeah, it's the flood relief scheme. Okay. Um. Okay. So one of the workers told me that this guy that we were speaking to yesterday was their supervisor. Um. He actually told me that the night before when they were doing the work that they never covered something down the pipe. Yeah. They never covered it, and then they threw the tar over it. And then later on, then maybe around eight, half eight last night, um, there was another guy came. He said he was from OPW, yeah. the council, I think it was. And he denied everything. He said nothing happened. And he actually blamed the rain. He said it was the rain that caused the blockage and the flooding and no one was taking responsibility. So, Amy, who's responsible for it? We don't know who's responsible. We are under the assumption it is the construction workers because of everything else that has gone wrong in the last few weeks has been down to them. Um, we just want... As in the burst water main, the burst gas pipe, yeah. and now the burst main sewage. And you, you say that, uh, that um, human feces, um, big lumps of human waste, yeah. are literally down the... Down, down, the s- down the side of my house, out my back garden. My kids' toys are destroyed. Um, <sighs> it, it, the smell is disgusting. It's a health hazard, Neil. Do you know the kids can't even go out and play? They can't go to their backyard and they can't I, go to the front. I know. I, I hate being too graphic at this hour of the morning, but some of the photographs that I've got are absolutely disgusting because the poo is solidifying and hardening now. It's, yeah. it's like, it looks to me like lava. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. And I see somebody's back patio there and it's, it's br- it should be kind of a grey... Slate. Yeah. It's actually brown. Oh, brown, and the yeah. and the grass is destroyed in brown poo. Yeah, yeah. It's it's shocking. <sighs> uh, and just no no one is taking responsibility. Is we it not a city council issue? We rang the city council and they said they were putting the responsibility onto the construction workers, and then the construction workers were putting it onto the city council and Irish Water. We rang Irish Water and they said it would take up to 72 hours to investigate. Um, just, we just want answers, really. So, Do you know, so it's in the back garden, it's all, all of the back gardens, it's in the driveways, it's on the paths, it's on the road, yeah. so cars are going through it. It's, yeah. Is it on the green area? It's on the green area, yeah. We're, all, like, we're in a state, there's a lot of young kids, Neil, and they all go every day playing together in the green area. Not, no, they're not. Not no, they're not, no. No. They can't even go outside for the weekend. And and Lisa, is it still flowing? Um, no, they did manage to stop it. Monster drainage were called yesterday and they stopped the flooding of it. Um, and then they just left it. They shoveled whatever was left into the green area and that was it. Okay. And is it a case now of somebody taking responsibility for the clean-up is the problem? Yeah. That's what we want, Neil. We want someone to take responsibility to clean it professionally, we can't go out and do that ourselves. But have you been doing it? No, I haven't touched it. Has anybody, has anybody no. tried to, no? No, no. You couldn't, it's, you get sick, you catch something. Like, I mean, that, 
there's loads of different surrounding the space and it's everyone's human waste down in our back garden. Oh. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been we on to Cork. Yeah. clean it ourselves. Like, we just want someone to, to take responsibility and pay for us to be cleaned professionally. Oh, and it is a professional job. It certainly is. Yeah. Because I imagine they'd need to use chemicals and all sorts of stuff for that. Yeah. Yeah. What's it's, frustrating for us, Neil, is that, like, we were told it was a blockage because of the rain on Wednesday. But, like, this is the flood relief scheme in Toker. Like, a new culvert was put in place. And it's nearly done. It's been nearly three years. So if one night of rain after a dry spell could have caused that block, like what's going to happen in the like, future with the storms and is it going to keep flooding? Well, who knows? You know, who knows what's going to happen in the future? But yeah. if, if it was damaged or broken, that would yeah. be a better thing because at least you'd know it was a one-off. But for now, of course, exactly. what do the kids make of it all? The kids are like my kids. I can only speak for my own personally. They were just frustrated. They couldn't understand. My kids are young. And I'm telling them, you can't go out the back in the trampoline, you can't go to the front. And they're crying and they want to go out. They want to go out and play with their friends. Yeah, yeah. Not with that smell, though, or that sight no, to behold outside no. the door. You can't even open the windows in the house. Yeah, I can well imagine. It's not going to be the most pleasant weekend ahead. We've been on to no. Cork City Council and Irish Water this morning. Irish Water have responded to say that they're looking into the situation and will get back to us. I don't know if that's any consolation to you at this stage. Yeah. Yeah, but they said that to us yesterday. You well. would think that it would be yeah. a health hazard to people and it would be deemed an emergency, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would, yeah. Wouldn't you, like, really? And that, city, that city council would be knocking heads together to get crews yeah. out there to sort it because you can get all sorts of sickness and disease from that. Exactly. Okay, yeah. well, listen, let's see what happens in the next hour or two, right? Okay. All right. Thanks for taking the call. Hang in there. Cheers for now. Text 0868104106. That's from Lanamore and Toker. I don't know whether we're sharing these photographs, but they're absolutely disgusting. They really are. Can I just also mention, in spite of everything, it's Free Food Friday today, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. And fair play to you. I see you texting already. So text who you are and where you are to 0868. 104, 106. There's such a swag of food here, it'll feed at least 15 of you, perhaps more, and I'll tell you exactly what you will receive and will be delivered to you today uh, by Red Patrollers. But you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868 104, 106, and we'll start our Free Food Friday shout-outs um, in about half an hour's time. Can I just mention also a quick shout-out because um, there's some wonderful things happening on Leeside. It's a very special day today because Harley Centra in Bishopstown, Oliver Plunkett Street, Patrick Street and Grand Parade, all owned by the Hurley's family. They're having a, an annual spinathon. It takes place every year. It's happening today uh, and it's in aid of the Cork City Missing Persons Search and Recovery Team. Uh, and if you're in any of the stores, you can donate and all of the money raised will be given as much needed funds for a very worthy cause. So it's the Cork City Missing Persons Search and Recovery. They get zero government funding. So the spinathons are happening today at uh, Centra in Bishopstown, Oliver Plunkett Street, Patrick Street and Grand Parade and good luck to them with that. Uh, back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now 086-8104-106 Red FM. Another update for you. Remember I was chatting earlier in the week about uh, the lack of services at uh, Cork Airport and indeed on Irish Rail Trains. I still don't know why it's that way on Irish Rail Trains. They're still they pull the buffet carriage and they pull the uh, little cafe area and they pull the shop and what have you but 
to the best of my knowledge, you still can't get anything on Irish rail trains with regards to food or drink. So I'm waiting a response on that one. But we did get a response from uh, Cork Airport. Um, and this followed a lot of criticism, in fact, of the facilities are lacking up there. Like a text or an emailer says to me, thank you, Robert, he says, 6.20pm on a Tuesday night, 20th of September, plenty of people travelling. But the only food offering is this pathetic selection in the bar. Uh, no excuse for the large restaurant to be closed. The queue at the Craft Lane Bar for service stretches out into the seating area. Why is the largest restaurant closed despite saying on a sign that it, it's open at 12 p.m., uh, which is midnight in my book? It's open until 12 p.m. Well, I suppose 12 p.m. until 12 a.m. Uh, all your marketing spoof about Cork being such a great option is just waffle. Get your act together and give the traveling public a proper, a proper offering instead of miserable toasted sandwiches and cups of coffee. The DAA are pathetic. So thank you, Robert. He sent me that. He says, see the email that I sent to Cork Airport. Wondering if you could t- cover the pathetic offering at the airport in terms of the catering facilities. Then he sent me photographs of people literally queuing, big, big, long queue, for the bar area. Um, and within the bar, then, you can get soup of the day, a toasted special, chicken wings, or a bowl of nachos. Uh, that's the offering there. Uh, and this has been going on for a long, long time at this stage. And you've got to wonder why. So, again, we went back to Cork Airport. And bizarrely, they're saying it's not up to us. They say catering services at Cork Airport are provided by catering companies who have tendered for and presently hold a contract contract to operate the catering services. So any queries in respect of hours of operation of these outlets should be directed to the companies that operate the catering outlets, KSG and Aramark. Cork Airport or the DAA, the airport management company, does not manage or run any of the food and beverage outlets at Cork Airport. And they sent us the contact numbers, which we have done and contacted both KSG and Aramark for a response. But you would think that Cork Airport would be asking questions of those who have the contracts. As in, listen, why aren't you opening more often? And why aren't you open all of the time when the airport's opened? Um, It's probably not good enough to tender to get the contract and then not operate all of the hours that people want it open. So Cork Airport's saying, nothing to do with us. It technically means you could tender for the contract, get the contract... And never open. And that doesn't do anything then uh, for people who actually want to use the services at Cork Airport. So I'll update on that again later in the week and see where we go with it. As to do with uh, Irish Rail, when I have an update on that, I will come back to that as well. Text 0868104106. To the phone lines we go. Margaret, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Thank you so much for taking the call because I know it's, um, it's upsetting even re- rethinking and reliving the death of your mother and the circumstances. Um, but you're, because we were talking about religion the last couple of days and whether it yeah. belongs in school or communion and confirmation belongs in school. But your story is kind of a sideline to that, although it is to do with the church. What happened? Well, I, my faith wasn't the best prior to this now, but after this, it just vanished. Um, my mum had been ill for a year and my mum was an extremely religious lady. And um, she got cancer. And the whole time she was sick, at home, there wasn't one priest came to see her. Now, she lived in the area she was living in for 60 years. And um, in all that time, no priest came to see her while she was sick. In the 60 years, was she a regular mass goer? Absolutely. Same church? 
she even went, you know, holy days and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, same anyway, same church was it, Margaret? Yes. Okay. Always the same church. Yeah. Okay. And then she 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 obviously she got extremely ill and she went to Marymount and she she passed away. Now this is going back now eighteen years ago and it's as vivid as it was yesterday. And my mum was being cremated and at the time the crematorium in Cork wasn't open, so she had to go to Dublin. Yeah. It's so eighteen had, years ago. Yeah. 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 Now yeah. we had the the normal funeral in the church, you know the removal and the funeral and all the rest and then her her body went up and to be cremated so when her ashes came back we had arranged to have a little service in the church when her ashes were brought back and then that we'd have the priest come to the graveyard so that we could bury her ashes mm. so um her ashes came back from dublin after three days and we arrived at the church with the ashes to find no priest there. And um, we thought maybe he was just delayed or whatever. And we were like plebs sitting up in the front seat, you know, with people that had come for the service. Mm, many people? Now, it wasn't going to be a mass, it was just going okay. to be a little pray, pray, prayer service. Okay, okay. So um, there were... The priest's houses were just attached to the church. So I, like a lunatic, was running around knocking at the priest's doors to get no response. And my father was, you know, they had an inseparable relationship. There was, you know, there were both two sides of the same coin. I know. So my dad was totally a mess. So anyway, I I couldn't find a priest. So eventually, um, I think my brother found uh, a nun and a nun to the service in the church so, in the church right, right. so then we went to the graveyard and no priest turned up to the graveyard so we were standing at the dog grave no priest so that was even worse than the church as you can imagine yeah you're trying to bury your mom and you don't have a priest. And did you conduct the burial yourself then? No. Some uh, person that was with us um, had a friend, a priest, and that person rang the priest and after an hour he came and he did service at the graveyard. And you said that that was the day that you left the Catholic Church forever? Forever. Forever, yeah. And was it all prearranged? Like, would of the priest who was, was supposed to be in the church have known yeah. he was supposed to be in the church? Of, well, of course it was. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. You know, but um, no, I'm, we, I did, there was no wires crossed as such. No, no, okay. no wires crossed. Yeah. And in the sixty years of going to the same church and practicing a religion, being Catholic and going to mass and confession mm. and communion and all for sixty years, you must be married at least sixty years to your dad. Um. Did did the priests know that she was sick and dying at home? I would imagine so, because, um, you know, she would have been friendly with, with the clergy there, you know. and um, Like nobody I, noticed that she was no longer going to Mass? Like nobody ob- missed her? Ob- obviously not, no. You know, um, obviously not. But I, it, that, that was the day that I said, that's it, never again will I... 
anything to do with the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and was your mum aware of the fact that, did she ever ask why, or did she no, like to see no, a priest? No, no, I, I, I did get a priest I knew, I, that I knew um, to visit her, in, in, but she was in the Mercy first, and um, he visited her there, and he also visited her in Marymount. But um, he had nothing to do with the parish she was from. He was I know. a friend of the family. Yeah, you, know? you seem to be borrowing people all of the time through this I sorry think, episode yeah, after yeah, episode. Yeah. And was there any subsequent apology or clarification or did anybody... Well, co- I, I, I set fire to the, the undertaker, you know, and he said, well, you know, we, we, we arranged it. Like, obviously the family didn't arrange it, the undertaker arranged yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I said, look, I, I said, I'm, I'm not letting this go. So I, my dad said, look, you know, just leave it. He didn't want to be causing confusion and all that. And I said, no, I'm not letting this go. You know, everybody, all the family was upset, you know. So um, I said, no, I'm not letting it go. And, they, you know, they just said, you know, well, we're sorry, you know. End of. But, um, did, you ever pre- did you ever preach the, approach the parish subsequently? I did, I did yeah, I did, yeah. And they just said, you know, sorry, there was a, you know, a, a mix-up or whatever, and we're, we're sorry. But um, just too late, you know, being sorry, that, that's too late to be sorry. And did, and did they even suggest, could we now have a service of remembrance no. for your mother? No, Why? No. Like, that would have been a no, decent thing nothing, to do. nothing at all, no, no. No, my, I, I don't know why, well, this is just a badness maybe in me. I thought maybe it was the fact that she was cremated and cremations weren't very popular at that time. Do you, you know? think that was it 20 years ago? Well, I, I, I don't know, you know. Um, it was kind of a little bit of unheard of at then, you yeah, know. Yeah, You know, but um, I but know... But bearing in thing. mind that she was a practising Catholic and, a re- yeah. and, and very, yeah. as you said, religion was a huge part of her life and... Yeah, yeah. And you're disappointed for her, you know, because of well, her dis- commitment dis- over the last 60 years. I'm very disappointed for my, my dad. Now, my dad's passed away since, but um, I, I, was so, I was so hurt for my dad, you know. Um, it was awful. It, you know, it was like as if, if it was yesterday it happened, you know, not um, 18 years ago. I know, I know. And the kind of, you know, it's like, I can hardly remember my dad's funeral, you know, it's only... Seven years ago, but I can remember my mum's yesterday, you know. I know, I know. And they were both very devout. Yeah, they were. Uh, well, in actual fact, no, after, after that happened, my dad never went back to Mass. Did he, he tell you he was back. never, did he tell you that he was never going back again? No, he didn't, but... He, he never uh, spoke about it. He never spoke about it, and he just didn't go back to Mass ever anymore. Because he, was, he found it very disrespectful of his did, loving yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, Um... No, he he wouldn't speak disrespectfully about the the, the church, but he he never went back to mass again. No, he didn't. And he he would have been he maybe he wouldn't have been as religious as my mum. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, but he he never went back to mass again. You would think that the parish or the parish priest or the priest involved in that not turning up would have said that they'd have a service of remembrance to make up at least. Of course. Wouldn't I, you? I didn't even think that. No, the Did you know? I know, you would, I know because you were so upset, but you would think that they would try and make good after the event, wouldn't you? I, I was thinking back and now, I suppose so, yeah. But, you know, if probably there only um, more grief, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't know. I know, but, um, I know, I know, I know. It was the most... A horrible, horrible, horrible thing, you know. Okay, all right. You stand there with your mum's ashes and, you know, no priest. 
But there should be no difference whether it was ashes or a coffin. It should be treated no, with the same respect. Wouldn't, you know, if it, but this is, this is what I'm saying. I know. It wouldn't have happened if it was a coffin. You believe it wouldn't if it was a coffin. You think that there was an ulterior motive. I know it wouldn't have happened if it was a coffin. Yeah, I know, I know. Things have changed now hugely, though, haven't they? Yes, they yeah. have, yeah, they have. Yeah, more and more people are opting for cremation. Sorry, I know you found that upsetting again, sharing it, but you wanted to have an opportunity to tell that story, and I thank you for it, Margaret. Okay. All the best. Thanks Take care. Text Bye-bye. Text We'll pick it up after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And with that reasonably nice weather for this uh, time of the year, you might fancy a bit of wild swimming, apparently, because the papers this morning are saying that it's a craze that celebrities and average citizens alike swear um, improved their lockdown well-being. A lot of people took to uh, wild swimming, sea swimming. I know people that swim every single morning of the year. Some in Myrtleville, some in Fountainstown, some in Kinsale, without fail. And a lot of them don't do it with the wetsuits. They do it regular enough. So apparently it's very good for you. Experts think wild swimming could be good, not just for your well-being mentally, but also for your waistline. Because apparently the cold water uh, cuts bad body fat in men and reduces the risk of diabetes. So I don't know whether it's exclusively the men benefit from shedding the poundage or whether it's the women as well. Anyway, you won't be shedding any poundage anytime soon if you win our free food Friday for today, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 and we'll start the first bunch of shout-outs in about 10 minutes' time. We also have our fifth and final 500 euro voucher for the furniture centre to give away on the Watercourse Road in Blackpool. 500 euro to spend at the furniture centre for your best story. We had a great earlier part of the week talking about people's first Cork dates, where they went and how it went for them. And then we morphed into different stories where people made calamitous errors or had brain freezes. A lot of it had to do with bringing the wrong children and the wrong prams home. Here's an example of that. Just a story about my parents, God rest them, on the day that they were going on holidays, they decided to take my sister's car to town for some last-minute items for the holidays. So they parked in Rocha's stores. In all the excitement, they jumped into a taxi, and at St. Luke's Cross, the taxi crashed. My mother was empty-reaching at the side of the road with the fright of it all. They got home eventually anyway, and while they were getting a heads around the whole ordeal, my man said, where's the car? They ended up just breaking down laughing at what had happened. They did get to the airport and the holiday was well-deserved. But the car was left in Rocha's store's car park. So that's not a call for air, but it's a text example of exactly what we're looking for. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106 and we'll uh, drill into them after 11 o'clock this morning. I just want to deal again with some other issues involving where we find ourselves with fuel and energy costs. Uh, Dave Devereaux has uh, 51 corn market on the Coal Cay. It's a cracking spot. Uh, had food there on a number of occasions and well worth the visit. He joins me by phone. David, good morning. Morning, Neil. How so are yourself you? and Anne run the business. You're both chefs, I believe. Have you had a look at your energy costs? Yeah, well, our, our last, our last bill, our, our average bill for electricity, just electricity on its own, would have been eight hundred euros. Um, the last bill we received was two thousand nine hundred euros. Oh man! So, so you can imagine that's that's a massive increase. Now we're we're a small business. You know, we work with all local organic suppliers. It, it obviously takes a, it costs a bit more money doing that, but just the um, 
it's just not sustainable. You know, I, I, know, I know the government are talking about budgets at the moment. I know there's a lot of small cafes and restaurants out there this morning. But you'll be expecting so, huge intervention next week with a bill like that. Well, you know, we can talk about the budget all, all we want, but like this, this has been a problem for the last two months. You know, it's, it's ongoing now. You know, we need, we need need action now because it's just not sustainable. So the bill, the bill that you got for two thousand nine hundred, you're equating yeah. that with the bill the same time last year, which was eight hundred. Is it? Yeah, on average, our, our ESP bill, and this is just electricity, will be eight hundred euro a month, and the last bill we received is two thousand nine hundred, and that's before the last price hike as well, but also I, I don't even want to think about what our next ESP bill is. No, so because it's going to be much, much higher because you'll be yeah, in winter yeah. and colder temperatures. Yeah, exactly. And and like uh, in a business like restaurants and cafes, cold rooms and fridges are running the whole time, so it's not as if you can turn them off, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're all that stock is inside fridges, so even when we're closed, they're still running. So yeah, but ha- I, I suppose you have been going around wondering where you could cut back. You've done all of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've 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 broken down fridges. We've we've tried to you know turn off fridges at night night time and everything else. But it's just not sustainable. You know, it, it, it's it's just getting it's just getting out of hand. Like I I, I think there's going to be a lot of small businesses. Like the struggle. You know, I was I was reading articles on, on other businesses around Ireland this morning. Like it's. It's it, it's it's just it's just getting scary this stage, really. You know, there's little um, consolation in the fact that you're not alone in this. So there's not. I mean, you're, you're aware of. I get grief now from people saying that I'm misrepresenting what's happening in the UK. But just, if I were to sum it up, businesses like yours would get a fifty percent rebate from the government on your energy costs for the next on between now and April of next year. Yeah. Well, well I haven't seen anything yet. You know, I've, I like that. I've, it's a bit of hearsay at the moment, but. You know, like 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 I said, the, the government can keep on top of the budget, but these problems are now. Like these problems have been there for the last last three months. You know, it's, everyone, everyone, every business is accumulating this debt at the moment. I mean, if the ESP agree for us to pay a certain month back a month, but we still have to pay the whole thing. But you're just building debt then in that case, yeah, exactly, exactly. And like this is just outside our gas bills, you know, our insurance, our our costs, our food costs. You know, I mean, we've had to leave a couple of staff go recently because we just can't afford to keep them, you know, and, and like we can't keep, we can't like get it down any tighter at this stage. Okay, know? and would that be um, also happening in other areas like restaurants and cafes where staff have been let go because the utility bills are eating too much of the profit? Well, I, I, would, I, I, well, I suppose I can't speak for everybody else, but I, I, would, I would assume it's the same for everybody else, you know. Like, you know, there's not, there's, there's, like we're quite small, you know, so I can only imagine what the energy costs in, in larger places are. You know, but um, it's like a lot, a lot like, them would cut back opening hours. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, like we, a, we we've had we've had we've had to cut back our opening hours and tighten things up as well. You know, so you know we're we're, we're constantly moving the goalposts. They're just trying to trying to survive, basically. Here's know? an example of that. This actually, uh, Johnny's restaurant on Watergrass Hill. We regret to inform you due to rising costs, overheads and staff shortages we've decided to close our sit-down restaurant for business. They're only going to be providing a takeaway. Uh, the seating area will be closed. We'll no longer be able to provide breakfast or carvery dinners from the 2nd of October. Apologies for the inconvenience. Unfortunately, we had no other option. That doesn't surprise yeah. you, does it? No, no. I mean, that, that's, uh, this is not benefiting anybody. This is going to put people out of work. Um, like We use an awful lot of, like, you know, like a lot of small suppliers like Kilbrack Farm, Organic Farmers, uh, Ballycotton, um, William Walsh, Meats. Like we use a lot of local 
suppliers, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't source anything that's not from Cork, basically. Like yeah, yeah, it's a gr- it's, yeah, it's a great idea. It really is. Yeah, yeah. and, it, yeah, and people, the, people can taste it in the food for sure. Yeah, but the, the, the other side of that is, and obviously, this, this it, it usually costs a bit more because we're not using big wholesalers to get our food in. You know, but you know, like if we can't, if we can't, but like support local, then. They feel the effect as well, you know. And were you thinking of doing a Sunday brunch that you're now not going to do? Is it? No, no, we are doing it. We are. Oh, doing you are? Brunch. We did. We, we didn't ever open Sundays. We had a massive. Um, we had a massive brunch tray there on a Saturday, um, but we 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 switched to doing nighttime. Um, that was kind of a choice, a choice of a cost as well. But unfortunately, you know, there's a threshold about how much people can spend at lunchtime. You know, and with, with the right cost of food and everything else, we thought it was it was better for us to switch to nighttime. You know. Um, so we will be going back to Sunday brunch. So I suppose that that's probably some good news for people who are big fans of our brunch. But but at this stage, you're hanging on a thread, necessity. wondering what's going to happen next week. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty much like they're going like to have Mar- to throw Mar- the Mar- kitchen Mar- sink Mar- at Mar- it, David. They really are. Yeah, like. absolutely, absolutely. Well, but like Meritons are very tight in restaurants. People, you know, have illusions that uh, someone who owns a restaurant, a cafe, that you know, we're all making big money. We're not. Meritons are very tight. We. We pay ourselves a wage, you know. We, you know, it's a bit of a labour of love, but you know, but these energy costs, you know, there's not much point if we're not, if we're not going to start making money. You no, know, not if you're wor- not if you're working for nothing yeah. or working at a loss yeah, or just building exactly. up debt. That's, that's, that's kind of where we're. And how do you feel that. about the fact that the ESB are making two million profit a day? How do you feel about it? I'm livid. I'm absolutely livid about it. That's what I am. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. You know, it, it doesn't make sense the whole way around. Um, I, I don't know, like, like I said, I said already, like, we could talk about the budget, but the problem is, though, you know, like, we need action straight away. We need action two months ago. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we opened they drag their, They're five, dragging their feet in it. They are yeah, dragging their feet in it. We opened our business yeah. five, five weeks before the pandemic. We, you know, we opened our doors and five weeks later we were closed down, which was a bit of a challenge, but I know. We, got, we got through it. But this, this, is, this is, is by far a bigger problem. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I yeah. know. I know, they, you hear them going on about Russia. No disrespect to Ukraine. You see them up at the ploughing and you wonder where their priorities are, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Hang in there, man. Hang in there. Hang in there and see what happens next week, you know? All right. Thanks, Dave. All right. Appreciate it. Great spot for food. They've got a fabulous... Check them out online, actually, because their uh, their menu is astonishing. um, And you can see, actually, how it eats into uh, the running costs because the quality of the food is just off the charts. It's called 51 Corn Market on the Cold K. Check it out, particularly for the brunch. Back after the break. More food issues after this. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Come back to more texts from different topics across the morning. It's a free food Friday. Your opportunity to scoop food for 15 of you. It'll feed more than 15 from roosters. You get chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers. The main event then includes chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and beef burgers, all basted in the famous Piri Piri sauce. You'll also get the Piri salted fries, rice and waffle fries, Piri mayo and then of course you build your own dessert. They send you the cheesecake with lots of different toppings and you build your own cheesecake. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Morning to everybody having a busy day at GRP Roofing Solutions on the Tremor Road to Lara National School in Bandon Caremark in Cork on the Tremor Road They're ravenous, says Charlene. Cormac O'Connor Butchers in Mayfield would love to win this week. House of Hair in Kinsale Sale, Bridgewater Homes and Kerry Pike are always listening, Blockwall Developments in Ballanglana, Keita Products, O'Donovan's Pharmacy in Balafihan would share some roosters with uh, all of the other businesses around them, uh, Rehabilitation Unit at St. Finbar's Hospital, we're working hard, would love to treat the staff 
Broderick's Chemist on Barrack Street, Galabi Vets, Screw Fix on the Northlink Business Park, Oral Ice Irish, Oral Irish Department of UCC. Morning to Governor and all of the staff and students. Tusla at North Point Business Park in Blackpool. Clodera are listening. Rockwell Engineering, Waterstones Clinic for all the great work they do. Premed Fabrications on the Powder Duff Road would love a munch. The Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind on the Model Farm Road. Amazing people. No other place like it, says Sylvia. They listen all the time. Amari Ireland are on board. Unique Fit Out. AP Vaughan Recycling. JC Products in Dublin Hill. <coughs> Lehan Motors of the Airport Road. Topman Barbers. Johnson and Perrot Bishopstown. And just four or five more. Vision Construction Site. In Grattan Street, Europarts Car Parts in Ducloyne, St. Killian Special School in Mayfield, Maglin Kitchens are also listening, and Honey Brown's Hair Salon in Ballancolic. So we'll do another bunch of shout-outs in a half an hour's time. Pick a winner at about 10 minutes to midday. Text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Meanwhile, I was contacted by a very large family to wish a very special couple a happy anniversary for this weekend. And I'm talking about Dino and indeed his wife, uh, Mary Cregan. And Dino joins me by phone to deliver the best wishes firsthand. Dino, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Bye. I'm good, ma'am. Happy anniversary for what? Sunday, is it? Sunday, 60 years. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's put up with you 60 years, man. Jesus needs she deserves her to be in heaven. <laughs> There's a place for her in heaven and for you too. Does it feel like 60 years, do you know? No, nothing near it, but it's quite, just quite easy. We found it very simple. In actual fact, we started with the two of us, and we know of Tocti. And it's astonishing. Four boys, uh, three girls, boys 15 girls, yeah. grandchildren. Yeah, so that's, and they're all married, like I said, Juan, and she's, she's my daughter, doll, Mary, my daughter. She's the boss, she tells me what to do. Yeah, and according to Mary, actually, Mary tells us that yourself and your good wife met in the Arcadia of a night, was it? We met, I, I was watching her for a long time going down South Main Street because I, I was a boy in the buses and she walked in the wires and she was a fine half walking down South Main Street. A fine and half. I kind of fancied her. <laughs> so did you make a move in the arc then, was it? No, I met in the Gaylords in, in Patrick Street on a Thursday night. Was that a pub or what? No, it was a smart dancing hall that time. The old people at Cockwood remember now the Gaylords. Right, okay. So you made the first and move. It, it went from there and we, we, and we danced and she was a great dancer and she still is a great dancer. A fine half and a great dancer. It gets better oh, and better. <laughs> Where did you marry then? Where was that? We married in, in Turner's Cross Church in 19, in the, on the 25th on a Tuesday of September 1962. 1962. So you're a lock boy then, are you? I'm, I'm from Bandon Road. I'm a lock rover's boy. All right, okay. And was there a big was there a big um, reception then in one of the hotels? Well, or what? The reception was above in the country club in Monte, just called the Montanotti now. <laughs> <laughs> big wedding, no doubt. Well, we had a nice wedding, but I remember we started off, we went on our honeymoon. I had free travel because I worked in CAE, so I had to go to Dublin to get the boat across to, 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 to England and down to London and to John, Mary's brother. Is that where you, you went, went on the honeymoon? On our honeymoon I thought everybody back then went to, I thought everybody back then went to Salt Hill or Dublin or places like that, no? 
Yeah, that's correct, yeah. But I mean, I had free travel, so I went to London. What's it, what, what does it mean to be a boy on the buses? I thought you were a conductor on the buses. I was a conductor when I, when I was 20, but I walked up when I was 16. And there was there was four sons and a father in CIA at one time. My oh, father got me with him. Yeah, that was the way with families back then. They went... was, yeah, but it was known as Cregans and Anna CIA. There were so <laughs> many sons there. <laughs> But then, of course, all of that changed with the first chipper, right? How well, that was that came up in the in nineteen seventy. We started that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the one, and now look at it. How many have they got now? Well, we had the family of ten all together. I snuck in for a bag of chips actually um, in Bishopstown a few days ago. I letting the cat out of Is the bag. All right. And I said to them, "Does Dino ever call in?" And she said, "All the time." <laughs> Oh, jeez, I'm around all day. I go from one to the other. So then she says that, and then I said, and what does he do when he comes in? He says the same thing every time. Do you want to know what they say you say, Dino? Yeah. They say that Dino says the same thing all of the time. Give more chips. Give more chips. <laughs> oh, jeez, I would you have to mind you. The cost you're only as good as your last bag of chips. I'm saying that since 1970. I know, but everybody else would be cutting back on the amount of chips. You're telling oh, God, the staff, no, give, no, more chips, give more chips. I, I, was, I was on tell you last week and I made it quite clear this is not the time to be cutting back this is the time to mind each other <laughs> that's, an, that's just a wonderful philosophy they also and without this being an ad for Dino's you haven't put up any prices well I mean we're, 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 we're very cautious and I've, I have a great family and they work very hard and they know what to do you're talking about long term with the Dino's I know what you're saying can I just say that, that, that yourself that, need by BJ's I'm listening to you there every morning <laughs> So there's no bother to you. <laughs> and I have to say, the chips are top class, my friend. Always have well, been. I mean, sure, the Irish Spuds is doing very well on where the later with it. My son, Sean, is in charge of the Spuds. He's in charge of the factory. And he knows what to do as regards the potatoes. Uh, I, I think you probably told me in the past, but is it, are Golden Wonders your choice or what? Oh, no, no, it's a spring, but there's a different Spud now. And it's doing very well and very clean. What is it? The... the Oh, was it called now? The well, cap pink is the best spot, but the lights get at it because it's very sweet. This one is different, but it's about the spot, and it's a bigger one, and it's a great chip. Yeah, because it's very important, isn't it, to get the right potato? Oh, that is, yeah. And, but and the most important thing is to clean the pans every five days. <laughs> if it down to a that's fine That's the most important thing to do. <laughs> and we use fat all the time. We don't use oil. Why don't you ease up, though? What should I mean? I, I'm playing for a happy death, but I think I'm, I'm 82, but I think I'm 52. <laughs> you should be on the golf course, man. Uh, well, I mean, I'm doing that too, but I'm playing nine holes now. <laughs> I went through my own house, you know, for a few years. You went through what? My own house, of sickness. But are you, are you well now again? Oh, I'm flying, I'm flying. And Mary keeps me dancing, like. She's what? a great dancer, so I have to go dancing with her. And what's the plan then for Sunday, for the anniversary, well, the 60th? Sunday, there's a meal going on above in the, above in the, the Montanotti. <laughs> That's where we had our honeymoon, you see, and where we had our breakfast. There's a breakfast we had when we got married. That was the case, wasn't it? There were earlier oh, weddings. The, 19, so we had nothing, Neil. I know, I know. I remember I had to get a, a loan... When I was going on my honeymoon, I got a loan of forty pounds and I paid it back in one month. I know, but you know something? At least everybody back then had a roof over their heads, as opposed to now. Do you I mean, miss? I mean, the I'm always saying it, by we're, we're gone all wrong. There's a dim in us in our society now, and I don't like it. Okay. Do you think? Um, th- I mean, 
do you worry about going forward? Do you worry about people and children and grandchildren as to what kind of a country they'll that have? That's very important. I mean, to, the fact of the matter is, and I, I'd be old-fashioned that way, if you're creating a situation where they can't go up the stairs together, that's serious. But what, what, what's different now? Back then, the corporation and county councils were building loads built, of houses. Built a lot more and built it for the people that cannot do it for themselves. It's important we've done that, Neil. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I remember when I was law mayor, I'd done a scheme with you, and we walked up and we nearly, we nearly created a thousand jobs. I'd just get the initiative moving, but it must be done at local. We actually created more than that. We started off with the idea of creating 800 jobs for 800 years. That was in uh, for the eight hundred, the Cork eight hundred, and it went on and on, and And thousands. And yeah, I know. You were very good at that, Neil, and I'm giving you credit. I don't bother with that. And if you weren't deserving credit, I would say so. (laughs) This is a pleasure to listen to you. And you too. I just wanted to say hi. Wish you happy anniversary to you and Mary. That you may have many more years together. We, we, have, we have six of them married and they're all living around us and you can't ask for more. The most important thing in life is, is, is family. family. You can't ask for more. Yeah, yeah. You must be very proud of them all like they are of you and your wife, that's for sure. Well, I mean, I mean it isn't easy work, but they get on with it, but they're very comfortable. And it's great to have the family in the businesses too, isn't oh, it, to hand it on? Yeah, they tell me what to do, but I don't listen to it. <laughs> and please keep telling them to serve more chips, will you? I will, Neil, and please keep walking you and do what you think is best for, for Cork in particular. Crazy about you, Dino. Always have been. Look after yourself, my friend. God bless you, Neil. Happy anniversary to one of our God own. Bless you, one of the greats. One of the legends on Side, the great Dino Cregan. Happy anniversary to both. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Hiya, uh, Dino Cregan, Pure Cork and a rock sense time after time after time. For Dino and for Mary and for everybody else that's having a special event this weekend, particularly a wedding anniversary, Dino mentions family as being the most important thing, family. Um, and that is very true. And I can't think of a better song for Dino and for Mary and for everybody else celebrating a wedding anniversary who've been blessed with children than Christy Moore's The Voyage. Johnny Dewan's The Voyage with the great Christy Moore for Dino and Mary and all others who celebrate uh, wedding anniversaries this weekend. Can I stay actually with Cork and the pureness of Cork? Um, I knew of the book. It was published over 30 years ago, but I never got my hands on a copy of it until earlier this week. I'm talking about Teddy Delaney's book where we sported and played. It is the most gorgeous read. It talks about his childhood and much of his life up until he grew to be a man here on Leeside and how his entire universe was, say, between the Coliseum and the railway station. And for him, that was his world growing up. It's a beautiful book of of Cork history, if you like, and it's an important uh, time capsule as to life in the city and living in the city and all of the hijinks they got up to back then. It's a fabulous read. Teddy Delaney joins me by phone. Teddy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. I'm delighted to talk to you because I was looking forward to it, having read the book during the week. It's a fabulous, fabulous read. Um, the Lower Road was your the nucleus of your world, wasn't it? It it was <laughs> it was more than that. It was the nucleus. It was the nucleus of the world as we thought, you know. Yeah, yeah. There was a little up up the top of our lane. There was a little ESP substation. We called it the Shannon Scheme. And we thought it was the Shannon scheme. 
Because when you Not talk, when you talk in the book of the of the fifties and the sixties on the Law Road, my own father would have been born and reared on the Law Road as well in Kings Terrace, so he would have had a similar life to you in the in the forties and the fifties. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, you see, the, the thing about the Law Road is is that it was a kind of a, a microcosm which spanned two real worlds. I mean, Tom Barry, Tom Barry, the. Um, you know, guerrilla days in Ireland. Tom Barry worked in the Harbour Commissioners across the road from us. But up above us was Montanotti, which was the, the vestiges of the, the grandeur yeah. of the empire. And and we had a rowing club, a wonderful rowing club, a boat called the Aideen Helena, uh, before we had any GA clubs or anything, and we had a boxing club. So... It, it had it had a kind of the best of both worlds, and well, like when you think of it, like people talk about you know the the, the importance of education and three the three hours writing, reading, arithmetic. We didn't have those. We had the river, the road, and the railway. So you were a reared in Rockview, te- Rockvale Terrace between I the river and the there. railway. I was two. I was uh, when I was two. We moved there. I was born in Dominic Street. I was born at home. I thought it was Cook's Lane, yeah, off Shannon Street, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that, my, my, Cook's Lane was a little lane off Shannon Street, which even uh, the guys in UCC know when they write about uh, the famous Irish poems that contain reference to the city, they always confuse um, Cook's Lane with uh, Cook Street, where Brown and Nolan's and bookshops yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, Cook's Lane was a very insignificant lane, like a lot of lanes. In, in and Cork. that was your grandparents, wasn't it? Your mother was, your grandmother was a character, wasn't she? Um, she she was a bit more than that. Uh, now, depending on which which, which grandmother you mean. Uh, <laughs> well, I know that we're very. Well, I know that we're very different, both grandmothers, because one grandmother was very much into the empire and the Britishness of Cork at, at one stage, wasn't she? Well, you said, why wouldn't she be? She, she was a Wakefield. And the thing is, uh, th- this kind of, this, this cultural, I, I call it kind of ecological uh, diversity is what strengthens uh, any gene pool. Like all of our history as a nation is, is, is enriched by every 400 years of an influx of new blood. And that's why the Ireland of the, of the moment is absolutely booming. Nobody ever came here. They just left in the 50s. Uh, but they're coming in again. And we get that influx of wonderful people every 400 years. Yeah. Since well before the Normans, yeah. like Lord Gawalda, the Book of Invasions. And that's what makes us as a people that gel together. The only kind of failure, if you like, was after the Vatican sale when we didn't manage. But we're working towards that. But in any case, my, 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 I think you, you probably mean my, my maternal grandmother, who was a knowns uh, from the north side. Uh, which apropos, which actually she was she was engaged to um, to Joe Murphy, who who died on hunger strike in Cork Jail. Same Seventy day, odd days on hunger strike, if I remember. Yeah, and actually, coincidentally, um, a book published during the year by Jimmy Hagerty is it the Hagertys of the Lords? You may have run that on on, on no, Cork. No, uh, a wonderful read about about the. Um, those who were not sort of, or were almost forgotten, forgotten. Joe Murphy, but uh, she got married later then to the guy who, who died young. But my grand, my grandfathers actually died in their 30s. But in any case, that was my maternal grandfather. They would have been strong, staunch, kind of 
Republicans and then later Fianna Foilers yeah. on the north side. Yeah. My, yeah. My, my paternal grandmother um, was a railway woman because if you, if you analyse the, the census of railway people and there was a wonderful complex of railway people on the low road who were usually skillful people, tradesmen, painters, fitters, um, drivers, cleaners, like uh, the, the whole lot. Uh, you had the, the dormitory, the railway dormitory was the equivalent of a five-star hotel for international pilots. I mean, they had hot water. And this is for railway staff? For exclusively, we see railway staff at the time. You're talking now about, say, a train coming from Belfast to Dublin to Cork. So those guys would stay overnight. But the guards, the firemen, because in the days of steam, and we remember the days of steam still, uh, and they, 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 they were sort of clans of those. And then rows of houses from the railway station to the bridge that mm. crossed the road at Water Street, they, they were almost all, all, all railway houses, railway cottages. And then you had the dormitory. And in that dormitory, they stayed overnight. They had a library, a reading room, in which the papers were kind of tied into sticks. And then you had a billiards room. Now, we thought we, the billiards room we called the dive. But we thought that was dive with a big a capital D, like the capital or the Ritz or something, you know? No, not that ki- dive means kip, doesn't it? Yeah. What, like that, and there was a wonderful, like a railway men are sort of a breed of their own. Like they have a wonderful kind of pride. They're a kind of like a guild, a medieval guild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, like we can all, many can recall that there was a beautiful bar in the railway station for many years, the unfortunately. Buffet. Well gone now. And food and everything. It was fairly yeah. swanky but just looking at your looking at your childhood and the hijinks that you got up to with your pals the book is gorgeous where it talks of the things that people got up to long before television or mobile phones or access to the internet you really had to fend for yourself wasn't it wasn't that the case whether it was slog, slog and apples or robin, robin chocolate crumb from the boats or building steering cars and things like that I, uh, it was a wonderful, yeah, it was a wonderful childhood, you see. I mean, if you were planning out the optimum place to, to, to raise children, geez, you wouldn't be planning it on the low road. No, how you survived it, actually, without people getting killed or maimed well, or decapitated. I mean, there was trains running there and everything. Well, yeah, but see, like, even the dogs, like, become streetwise, you know. <laughs> and and there, there, there were cultural forces which kind of, which kind of, Actually, coincidentally, today is culture, or tonight is culture night, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, but sure. I mean, I don't like that sort of arty-farty definition of culture, you know. <laughs> culture, like, is, is how you're formed by your environment, uh, and you sh- you're shaped by your environment, and you shape it consequently to make life meaningful. So, like, we were we, we savvy, you know, not like the word savvy. You became, you had savvy from an early age. Like, if before television, like, when you think of it, we were exposed to exotic fruits, uh, not because our parents could buy them uptown or in Cudmore's or in those exclusive shops, but that they were hanging fruit in the gardens of, say, Lower Montanati, Murphy's, you know, Murphy's, Mor- as in Murphy's Brewery. Yeah. They, like, they had a wonderful walled garden. And um, Did you look sure, up at sure. the people in Montanati in awe, like, or jealousy? Uh, what do you mean? In the sense that, that, you know, their affluence and what they had. No, there wasn't any of that, really, because they were extraordinarily generous people. I remember the, the Hone and Home. Do you remember the, the Hone yeah. and Home up there, Lover's Walk? 
the hole in home, the nuns there, we'd be going around scouting and looking for stuff. And they invited us in to cut the trees, but they were Christmas trees, so we cut them in and, and sold them. And likewise, like, you wouldn't be getting guys in with hedge cutters. We'd cut the holly, we'd cut it back, and we'd flog it in the lower Yeah, because yourself and Waddler and Murphy and Riley and Rusty, you did get up to a lot of stuff, uh, including, didn't you have a, a round selling kindling, broken sticks? And oh, then did, yeah, I think you actually stole that holly, actually, Teddy. Well, I, I think still might be, might, might be strong term. <laughs> I, would, I, I, I still have. I mean, I, I, I kind of lost my vocation, really. I should have been into demolition. We were before our time. We were the kind classic recyclers and it still it still hurts me to see stuff go to waste and so it, just down below like the bus turned the low road the low Glanmire road runs from St. Patrick's Church to the end of the harbour wall where you see the river again now just to the left of that was Woodhill House that was Curran Jonathan but Curran and Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Cooper Penrose's house wasn't it Robert Emmett that stuff yeah. but the, actually within that place was a, 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 a 200 old Eating chestnut tree. Now, eating chestnuts are quite rare, but we like we'd go there to harvest those chestnuts this time of year. You now, like like harvest, have harvest festivals now. But sure, we were doing that in Ontario. Well, some of the other things we're doing. Some of them were, you know, uh, maybe questionable, but others were legitimate part-time jobs. So you certainly had a kindling round where you cut up all of the, I guess, uh, yeah, boxes and wood that. and flotsam from the river and stuff. Like, you know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I won't. And then there was acquiring holly. Then there was more where you were a scrap metal dealer. Uh, then you were involved of relieving other people of lead. Um, then you... Um, well, actually, I'll tell you one about <laughs> that now. That is true. Yeah, but this, I mean, this, this place burned down. The lead was there. It was going to be going to be recycled one way or another anyway. But the fact is, I remember one time I, I had... There were a few things like that on my conscience already. <laughs> I'll get to and that. I'll get to your conscience in a minute. <laughs> All right. But I wasn't going to go to Father Charlie Lynch, who was um, a brother of Jack Lynch's, who was who was a curate in St. Patrick's, because he might have recognised us, because it was quite a quite a whole Homely, intimate community. <laughs> there was well, like. there was um, an opportunity to relieve a confectionery shop of a rather large Toblerone. Yeah, but you, that was you see. I mean, what what would you call that now if it's not Robin? Well, that happened to Adam and Eve. I would say neglect <laughs> on the part of the shopkeeper because like <laughs> the, the, the case was put in such a way. Like there are there are basic things you even see the ads now for you know keep the the stuff that looks like sweets away from the child that's for the washing machine like <laughs> shopkeepers need to have cup on and like why in God's name still I know it isn't an offence but to put all the sweets and the chocolate and that near the checkout <laughs> in, in supermarkets I think Encour- parents should encourage their children to steal them and then the shops have cop on because it's bad anyway but you actually like, didn't the, even like the taste I, of the I Toblerone don't like, no I can never eat Toblerone since because I have a little bit of a qualm of the conscience but I had a few things anyway that were kind of on my conscience so I said I'd go i go uptown I needed one of the big missionary guys either the Franciscan uh, your guy. sins were serious you had to go to the you had to go higher up in the church didn't you well I went to the Dominicans because I thought they'd be sympathetic but I never went to the Dominicans since but I have great time for the Franciscans because your man and I knew I was quite young at the time <laughs> I remember looking around in the box in St. Mary's this big splendid church uh, which kind of people go there in awe and come down from Dominic Street in the north side and they're in there and they're praying away in the grand because you have these fellows going around the big flowing robes and there it's a very it's, it's an old fashioned thing and I wouldn't run down the doms too much but this much but your man I knew your man was wrong he said and I gave them through the, I went through the usual things like didn't say my morning prayers was fighting my sister and that and then threw in the big one in the middle what was the big one? 
to be great, I stole a bit of lead, Father, and that, like, and took things off cars and that. But he said, uh, he said, you're a right little thief, aren't you? And he actually got mad at me. And that was not... And I, I still, I mean, I, I, I would um, subscribe very much to... Um, to the Christian values of the gospel, you know, and that the love and reconciliation and forgiveness uh, for our failings or for our little faux pas uh, is, is what it's all about, not about condemnation. And I knew that that well-educated, uh, experienced confessor, as a young child, I knew he was wrong. How could you be wrong? You were stealing the emblems. Oh, of, you were stealing the emblems, emblems off the no, bonnet the of cars. Commended, the Lord commended the unjust servant for as much as he had done wisely. <laughs> we actually, we actually recycled stuff. We never really stole uh, from. We never stole from people who needed stuff. It was derelict places or places run down. Instead of people having friends in high places, uh, giving them tip-offs about that place and making a fortune on the back of. Uh, Ah, uh, listen, it was the stuff that young fellas and young people did. There's no yeah, crime it in it. Me, but, yeah. but what I think, it, it wasn't so much that, it was the ingenuity of our, of our ability to see possibility. Yeah, you put in an awful lot of effort as to how you could work out, because you were constantly being caught trying to rob the chocolate crumb down the docks. It kept you awake at night trying to come up with a ruse to get around your man who would always hunt you guys, right? But you worked it out in the end. Well, yeah, that, well, that was our kind of, that was the challenge, and that was the educational challenge, and um, I think, like, like, life is that, that kind of a challenge, and we can't, like, when you see, you do exams later on as you go on in life, you know, and there meant a certain tension and stress and anxiety and these matters are part of, like, they're part of the, the human cycle, the, the animal cycle, you know, they're there for a reason. I mean... Uh, Chocolate, so yeah, because so cho- chocolate crumb on the mm-hmm. docks of Cork is like a magnet to a child, isn't it? Think about it. It like. is. In vast I mean, quantities of chocolate are sitting on the docks. Well, it, they weren't quite sitting out. They were in the wagons <laughs> as well. And what I think of, what I admire most when I look back on that is not the incidental canvas bags that were half broken, half caught, were the dockers. You see them there and the sweat. I mean, they had to lift those bags, you know, big hundredweight bags of them and throw them onto the thing, lifted up by cranes and then into the boats. But, and they all came from that place in Ramore, Cadbury's in Ramore. But what I admire about it is the sympathy of the dockers. And that, and they were men who worked so hard, and you know, were on time was. If they didn't, if they didn't work or range, they didn't get paid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but those guys, I, I looking back on it, they deliberately broke little bags so that some of the stuff would fall out anyway, so that we could could, could could collect it. Like you have that sympathy, that kind of empathy, that Erskall you know that thing yeah, we all had yeah, during COVID. Yeah. I, it has been my experience right through life that, um, that, that, that Cork people have that sense still uh, as a consequence, I suppose, of, 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 of living in, uh, in fairly trying times. They do, have that, they do have that wonderful trait of absolute generosity and empathy and long may it continue. You, you, you're free, are you, for another five or six minutes? Because I just want to finish the chat with you after 11. Is that possible for you? Uh, oh, sure. I'm, I'm retired, Neil. Where would I be going on voyage? <laughs> Christy Moore's voyage. All right. Of course, yeah. Have a of cup course. of tea and I'll talk to you about six minutes past 11 to wrap. Talking with uh, Teddy Delaney, where we sported and played. Text 0868104106. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie.
and you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show And keep those free food Friday texts coming Where you are and who you are To 086-8104-106 And we'll do the next bunch of shoutouts In about 10 minutes time I just want to finish my chat with Teddy Delaney The author of Where We Sported and Played Because I didn't want to cut it short just before 11 Teddy, your mother though, lived in fear of the River Lee, didn't she? Absolutely in fear because God knows people must have drowned in there down through the years and I don't know oh whether God, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, I suppose and um, she, she did and uh, she, she was a warrior anywhere because she came from a, a place where there were no cars, really. Yeah. Really, really. Shannon Street, that time, everyone walked. That was Shawley country, you know. Yeah. You couldn't drive up uh, uh, Dominic Street either. So, like, she would have had no savvy. And moving, like, you, you, it's hard for us to imagine, I suppose, but, like, moving from the north side to the south side, and we always regarded the Loros kind of the south side, because <laughs> it was down low. Do you know, when you look at a map, yeah. Yeah. how could you consider... The low road was north side. It just doesn't fit. It was the river was was that demarcation. It doesn't seem like the natural divide. But oh I would no, have thought that we would have, we would have taken umbrage anywhere. And people think we were northsiders, like. <laughs> <laughs> where did I mean? Where did where did you go to primary school? I, I well, we we used to say we claimed up out of the slob by the harbour commissioners up Manny's Avenue, cross St Luke's Cross. Now that's worse than. Crossing the fucking, um, you know, the place in Paris, the Concorde. You know, that place where roads are coming at you. From <laughs> the Place de Concorde, yeah. Yeah, trying to cross the road there as kids like. And then up Ballyhooley Road or Gardner's Hill, depending on which you chose, and into St. Patrick's. We actually started on the, the old St. Patrick's at the bottom of Gardner's Hill. There are two private houses just across from it now. Yeah. Uh, so we, we went to St. Paz, like. And uh, it was a fantastic school, really. But we were the guy. We see, we weren't. We didn't. We weren't just low road. We were lower than the low road. Lower by name and lower by nature. They used to say we were from the fisheries. Now you didn't get any lower than the fisheries. What were the fisheries? Is where people who fished for a living on the lake well, was it? Have, yeah, yeah, before that, that was where fish were trapped. I mean, all that happened in the fisheries in our time was that guys poached. My mm. father was uh, was a great poacher, and uh, he'd be. There'd be a many a shed night. full of salmon. I'm told back in the day. Oh yeah, he'd be out at night and he'd be <laughs> watching the bailiffs, and he'd be, you know, he he was he was he was oh, he was a fisherman from 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 time he was twelve. He was a great old man. Um, in actual fact, the rowing club on on the lower road, the boat was the Eileen Alana, and it's interesting that you know that phrase like the Irish phrase Brishan and Dukas. So we we to see how we are acquitting ourselves now in the world uh, rowing championships. Yeah, They're phenomenal. Yeah, but it's in our blood, you see, as an island nation. The Rockies had a fantastic team. The Bars had one. These were pleasure boats on the Lee, a bit like the Curragh Racing Curragh, yeah, you know, yeah, and the Lee boat and um, and the the Low Road. Um, and uh, there's a, there used to be a photograph. There were four of them, as I recall it. Now in the forties and fifties, there was a Mickey Warner. Uh, Paddy Meany, Paddy Corbett, and my father, Leo Delaney. The four of those rode that boat, and they would have the cocks in the boat as well. So they had that kind of pride in their 
in their ability. Did you, uh, did, you know, did, did, I mean, did you, just staying with the water for a second, right. you, you, you did have a couple of deals going with other boats, bigger boats. These would be the ships that were coming in with freight and cargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd slog apples and you'd swap bags of apples for cartons of fags. I know there was well, the story of a drunken German cook. Well, he wasn't. He was going off the Navy. <laughs> I, I, I hope I didn't say he was drunk. But well, you said that when you were leaving, you looked back and he was swigging out of a bottle of brandy. So I oh, assume well, something he, going on. He I, well, he may have done. He, he could have been <laughs> that form that night. Because, see, you were both coming in from, from Hamburg. I remember. See, we, that's where we got our education with flags, even. Like, we didn't need to go to school to learn the Greek flag or, or the, the names of the Irish boats, the Irish poplar, the Irish oak, the Irish sycamore. Like, you you learn trees, like we we had all that outdoor stuff, you know, and uh, from the names of boats and from the flags. But I remember these little freighters. These come particularly to Barry's Yard with timber, and uh, they'd, they'd they'd be berthed there just at Water Street, where you turn up the key now, and uh, just at the corner there. And the guy, these guys would be on a regular basis. I remember this guy in particular, yeah, and he'd be going out then for a few pints at night. But he see, as a cook, there was nothing that pleased him more than to get fresh apples yeah. which were falling off the trees anyway because the Murphy's up and now he wouldn't be bothered picking them <laughs> so we'd, we'd pick them and we'd, we'd you wouldn't pick them sl- the term was no, slogging them wasn't it slogging them yeah but I mean yeah but again that was recycling we were doing what the birds do not no no I, 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 I'm a strong believer I'm in, I'm in agreement with you I slogged apples man it's alright yeah and I mean no but even even the North I joined the altar boys to try and make money that's alright too <laughs> Oh yeah, well I mean if the police are making it and if the the other guys are making it, I mean if you have to pay to get married, well sure the guys who administer it and the other guys administer it should get in a bit. A bit of, another thing about that is that um, like well, the more the more humble, big flamboyant fancy weddings, you get nothing off them for as much. They're the best man, but the ordinary decent people. Ordinary, simple weddings. They'd, they'd be more flahool with you. And that's true of, say, I remember going around with the RAN as well. When we go around with the RAN, we go everywhere, and you'd think uh, there were some wonderful people. I remember one lady in, 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 um, in Myrtle Hill, just down below the low road, and she'd wait till we had sung the verse about, you know... The RAN, the RAN, the king of... Yeah. ...of the house, and she'd come out then, and she'd give us a shilling, which was a lot at the time. A lot. And, and up in Montanati as well, there, were, there was a house called Bellevue House. You know, these kind of sophisticated French names for houses, a bit <laughs> like some surnames that some people call Cork we won't mention them all, but <laughs> these French names, you know. But there was a Bellevue House, which had been converted into a really kind of... Uh, fairly humble flats now yeah. and the people there you know just in one or two rooms come out and they'd give you they'd give you more than the big fancy house get away that was always the way what do you make of say for instance McCurtain Street now and around the Coliseum and what we now call the the VQ the Victorian Quarter uh, yeah see it's very easy to co- well I tell you this much what I think uh, I remember I, I wrote something when they did that awful revamping of Patrick Street with them stupid lights by Bet Galley from Barcelona or yeah. somewhere yeah. like that. And I says, what is that did them crooked looking yokes like? And why do you have to ape another culture when you have your own like? Where's my culture when Cork was a cultural city? Some, some guys had a kind of counter movement that time. But, but comparing right. where you grew up and what it is now, my, I brought my father actually, because we drove down McCurtain Street and along the Lower Road only about two weeks ago and he hadn't been there in a long, long time. 
He was blown away by the change and he thought the place looked fabulous, vibrant, busy, retail, yeah, food, is, uh, leisure activity. I, that's a sign, that's a sign of, of, of two things really, you know, a proper conception of, of tradition. Like tradition isn't something you want to preserve like uh, just in, in, in the way it was because that's stagnant. It, it's it's continual evolution in, with the spirit of the times, and they've been adopted. The fact is, like with traffic now, you can't really you can't live that comfortably there. So it needs some other kind of use. Yeah, but there's no and more then, frog racing or crab racing on the lower road where you would stick a lollipop sure up their backside. I mean, that was survive. the height of cruelty, like. But we weren't. No, it wasn't because crabs were <laughs> brains. But I mean. Like guys who used to say that, and then they'd go into a restaurant and pick a pick a, a lobster out of a tank, <laughs> and throw them into boiling water. You we weren't trying to kill crabs. We were trying to. I mean, that's the equivalent of saying to fellas, you shouldn't be horse racing because horses. I'd say you would an answer for everything when you were young, fella. Like, no, there I hadn't, but <laughs> I think you need to question. And where there is no malice intended, or no gratuitous violence. Well, then that's okay. You should have. You should have been a solicitor or a barrister. You should. Have. Oh God, no! Because that, that's what run, ruined the country. Those guys tell lies. I mean, <laughs> like we we sort of we question what what is truth, and there are different truths. But I tell you this much: from the the way we were reared and the kind of honesty we had, if you found a, a fiver or a half crown right on the ground, you wouldn't keep it. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there was that. And although we put uh, we put bottle tops on the railway lines. They'd be flattened out by the train and we'd put them into bubblegum machines. Because <laughs> that was ingenuity and that is, that is legitimate within the... That's, that's legitimate. That's within, within the, the rules. In context, the Lord commended the unjust servant because the guys who own these companies anyway, these big multinationals who own these bubblegum things, sure, they're ripping people off anyway. <laughs> they plenty so. money, not to be worried about them. Did you go on to Farron Ferris then? Were you contemplating I the priesthood? I did, and like some of the big things that happen in life, to you know, they happen just by chance, as you know. Like, you don't choose to be born, you don't choose to fall in love, you don't choose. These, if you choose, if you kind of deliberately decide what you're going to do, well then, that's, that's only your reason working. Um, there's more to life than just reason or the mind or calculating. So that, that happened more by chance because, um, I mean, it would have been unheard of. My father would have aspired for me to be an electrician in the railroad. That would have been the highest of the highest, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah. it kind of, they had this thing about education, you know, education. They did, and I get that sense in the book, to, to raise you up. Mm. No? Would you think that would be a right description, to raise you up? <laughs> to drag him up, yeah. No, but I mean, the pride of getting a scholarship to Farron Ferris. Well, that was true. That wasn't that lost was, on your parents. Yeah, but that was true, I suppose, of all parents. The notion of dedication, like sacrifice. I mean, I, I, I love watching David Attenborough films, you know, uh, the, the, the nature things. Like, it, it's in your DNA to do your best for your offspring and to love them and to to care from to, and, and to drag them up like that. And as well as that, you see, things like teaching at the time. Teaching was a vocation. It was called teaching a vocation. And you can, you, can, like, you can choose to give out about the corporate punishment and everything. But if we got a belt at school, you got another belt at home if you said it, you know. That's it, yeah. And That's uh, what you did go into, though, teaching, wasn't it? Too, yeah. You, you went into it. The in the new state. Yeah. You see, the, the state was comparatively new. You were grateful for being at home. My father was the only one of his family who had a job at home. All the rest of his siblings were in England. Like, Ford and Dunlops were there. Economic expansion was about to just explode down in uh, the Roar Valley, as Jack Lynch called it later. So, like, things were happening in the 50s. 
And in the 60s, and there was a wonderful sense of pride. And then, of course, free education came in 63, or was it 64, mm. Don O'Malley, uh, which turned out not to be free education at all then, because we've gone backwards since then. Mm, mm. I mean, they're bringing people to, to university now, and uh, they're not really, like, there's, it's absolutely savage, savage, that students would spend four hours commuting a day. Not at university. When we went to university, you went to university and that was it. You stayed in university. Yeah, but there was only 1% or 2% of the population in your days would have gone to university as opposed to you flip it the other way around now. Do you miss those days, like the days of the Raza and the Queen Cakes and the Peggy's Legs and the Linen and Sweets? I don't do nostalgia. I think nostalgia is awful, kind of um, sentimental old slop-like. You cherish every moment and you cherish... All your memories, of course. And I mean, I read the Holly Bow from start to front every day, especially as an exile. You know, fellas, the top Where of are you list. now, Teddy? Where are you living now? I mean, probably the last county I would choose to live in if <laughs> I were in Crow Park to be the last code I chose for because I was there in 67 and I was traumatised when Mead kicked Cork off the field in 1967. So you said that it's, you live in County Mead and you yeah, said I it's mean, an awful place for a Cork man. Why is I, it? We were the family in Mead and uh, so they're all gone out too, but. Come home, uh, why don't you? Huh? Come home. <laughs> no, but the home is gone. I would say my parents died over. That's why I, when I wrote the book, like when my parents died. No, I wouldn't go back because I came into a claustrophobia and everyone would know you. And then you're getting something done. Wait, no, I know someone. You get it. So you get nothing done in court because someone knows someone and you'll be waiting for contacts, you know. So, no, no, I'm grand where I am. I appreciate right. it from afar. And I go to Kerry, West Kerry, and I... Think and write and walk and uh, and is the book out of print now? Where we support it? Oh, I'm sure it is. But sure, I mean that was I wrote that as therapy, and I suppose as a celebration of a place that 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 should be acknowledged uh, as as a wonderful place to live with such a variety. Like a microcosm, they the both turned at a pub called the Oriental. That was the name of the pub, the Oriental. So we envisaged the sun rising there, like the Japanese flag that were on the boats, and it set on the Western Road. So, like, and it went to the Magazine Road. The bus went from Tivoli to the Magazine Road. Tivoli being the, grandi- the grandiose Italian for Tivoli, you know, by the River Lee. I know what you're saying, but your life, but, the Coliseum to the railway. There's a, lo- oh, yeah. gl- there's a lovely gl- glossary at the back, actually, of uh, explanations of... Cork terms and slang. It's fabulous. I didn't put that in, you know, right? <laughs> I wouldn't do that to Cork people. Like, I wouldn't be putting in <laughs> things like a glossary. That sounds very uh, <laughs> academic. Words like hardshaw and lasher and to give a 50 oh, yeah, but, and to plank I mean, something. Would you ever stop humming and hawing? She's all dolled up out on the hobble. I'm flat out. They're knobbers. Like, way langer, like. You've gone on about that now. <laughs> That's my nickname, by the way, since I left Cork. People in Cork wouldn't call me that. The Cork Langer and Mead. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's lovely to catch up with you. It's been a well, pleasure. Just happened out of the blue way. I know, like, but you believe it or not, an awful lot of people are texting, wondering whether or not where we sported, played by Timmy or by Teddy Delaney, is out of print or not. But um, mightn't be a bad get idea. Get on to Mercy, right? Say, get on to Mercy. It mightn't be a bad idea to have another print run. Let me tell you. Oh, they should. I'd say, yeah, they probably should. Well, I, I've written the second one, but. Uh, kind of follow up to that from me, me secondary school and university, but I, but some of the fellows are still alive, so I have to wait. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Go on.
go on. <laughs> I All can't right, wait yes. for the second book. Cheers, God Teddy. Bless. Have God a good bless. night on uh, Culture Night. Mind Where's yourself. Culture? Where's me culture? Is right, Susie. Teddy Delaney, where we sported and played. Mightn't be a bad idea for somebody to do the print run on it uh, because it sorely missed a fabulous read. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, and even Ted's niece, Sneev, was listening. She says by text, I'm skitting here listening to him in work. Uh, he's hard case, isn't he? And well able to talk, as you can hear. Certainly is. There's another hour or two in the great uh, Teddy Delaney. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. With shoutouts for all 20 who listening at the moment in Stryker and Carrick Tool. And they're starving. Blue... Co Skip Hire, family run business in Cove are listening. Would love to win Free Food Fridays today. The CS Office and PGB Sport in Blackpool. Uh, everybody working at Unpost in Cove, particularly Rory, who's retiring after 22 years plus service from all the posties in Little Island. Most notably, Liam the Sausage Roll, Langford. Obviously, Liam Langford likes the sausage roll. Eurostyle on the Old Mallow Road. ECI, JCB and Carrick Tool. Clancy Sight on the South Douglas Road. Trevor Toolhiler listening. Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind. The Brothers of Charity Daycare Services. Biocell Limited. The Puffin Ward at the COH are listening. EBO Home Rescue and Marina. Impact Ireland Metals would love feeding today. Sales and warehouse staff, they'd share it. SETI Builders in Glasheen Road. Merview Laboratories. DMB Electrical Maintenance in Toker. To everybody at Doodlebugs, Crescent and Montessori, good morning. The end Endoscopy ward in the matter private. Enable Ireland, whose staff are on strike outside the Levana Centre, it would be great to support them. Irish Community Air Ambulance, Glintown Care Centre, Joe's Edge Hair Salon and Blarney Gate Child Care in Little Island. Uh, Kevin Condon Financial Brokers, uh, especially for D, who quits smoking during the week and is struggling hard. You give up the fags, you get an awful dose of the munchies. Northside Tires, Horgan's Garage, Curry Pike, Lehan Motors, Here's Health in Douglas, Donworth Office Supplies at Forge Hill, Architectural and Metal Systems in Little Island, and just one or two more for now. Uh, could you send roosters to us, poor government TDs, to go with their own brand wine in Leinster House, says Frank. Union Hall Smoked Fish, Don Manway Daycare Unit in uh, CUH, Cork Farm Machinery, HSC Environmental Health Care Department, Friday premium golf oh sorry free food Friday for premium golf brands Scannell's Pharmacy and Ballonine Easy Living Interiors Amy's Laser and Beauty Clinic and finally for now finally for now Barry Joyce Coles listening at the tip top of Fair Hill and starving so I hope to get one more bunch of shout outs between now and midday today so text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 lots of other business to get through and if it doesn't happen today it will happen on Monday so my apologies to anybody that doesn't get on air today especially any of the texts big response to the lads going to school by tractor incidentally Um, and many people are saying go for it why not Others are suggesting that maybe you get more than one student up in a tractor. Somebody says, the lads with the tractors going to school in Formoy, uh, having to travel to school by those means is wrong. And maybe they could travel together to cut down on costs. I see tractors every day with two to three lads in them. Uh, I wouldn't be advocating that. You know, I don't want to be the cause of any kind of health and safety issues. They're up there on their own and leave them alone. Carrying a passenger could be an entirely different ballgame. They can afford to drive a tractor but can't get a taxi? Uh, Ah, come on. How could anybody be giving these lads any bit of grief, in fairness? Uh, Although Richie says someone is going to have to make space for the Ukrainian kids. 
Would you ever see a single Ukrainian kid lost out on a school bus lottery? No. He says it seems Irish kids are literally being kicked off Irish buses for the benefit of kids who aren't Irish. Um, There's a completely different bus arrangement for refugees. They are moved around in private coaches, having seen them myself, actually, uh, particularly if they live in estates. Um, I, I know that in one particular area where there would be a lot of holiday homes taken over, private coaches arrive to take them to wherever they need to go. Uh, entirely different, I would think. Uh, but anyway, a lot more of those texts I might get to between now and midday. We'll have to wait and see. And my mention of the treatment of women in Iran, particularly a woman who lost her life at the hands of the, uh, I don't know, they call them the culture police or what have you. Big response to that, which I hope to get on air um, maybe later this morning, if not. But I did get a response to the carry-on out in Lehenamore in Toker, where they literally are walking around in human waste, human feces, because the sewer explode burst, I should say. I mean to over-egg the pudding. Monster drains tell us that they were subcontracted to clear the blocked sewer in Lehenamore Estate in Toker. And when they proceeded to clean up the area, they were then told by City Council to stop that another contractor would be employed to clean the area. Uh, so thank you to Monster Drains for the response. That's the reason, it seems, everything just stopped. And I don't know if anything's happened in the last hour and a half or two hours or whether it just remains static and stagnant. But if there's an update between now and midday, I'll let you know. But back to the phone lines we go, because right across this week, lovely prizes courtesy of ourselves and the Furniture Centre in Blackpool. A 500 euro voucher to spend at the Furniture Centre on the Watercourse Road to the best call. I have to tell you at this stage, although I have more calls, I would imagine that Grace is going to be very hard to beat. Because <laughs> she just went from one calamitous disaster to the next. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I also actually have gone to work in two different shoes. And the sad part about it is nobody noticed. No. (laughs) A black and a brown shoe, what I put on in the dark, and nobody noticed. But anyway, this isn't about me, it's about you. So go ahead. Um, Well, where do I start with the shoes, I suppose? It was just six o'clock in the morning, like, and just took out my runners from under the bed. Um, There were two white ones, but there was a black stripe on one and a red stripe on the other. Just didn't even cop on till about 11 in the morning. Yeah, because you'd, if you'd, you'd <laughs> copped on if you were wearing two left or two right, I suppose. <laughs> That's it. And of course, then it was the one of the messiest guys I used to work with in the warehouse spotted it. But he took pictures of it and put it all over the factory. Like you should have told him it's a, <laughs> you should have told him it's a fashion statement. Oh, stop 12 hours and it's saying same shoes. Like, should they just got a grey crack over Nah, the I, think you're de- I think none of us should wear the same shoes. What's the big deal? I mean, oh, it's a long day hiding my feet everywhere. <laughs> and then from shoes to socks. Oh, socks up. Um, we went on a school trip, I think we were about 11 or 12, like that, up to the Gwail Um And I don't know, I think it was raining or something and I just didn't have any socks to go home. And So I remember there was one girl in the class um, I'm not going to mention her name now, like, but she had about 10 pairs of brand new socks. And I was like, please, can I just have a pair? I can't go home in dirty socks. She was like, no, I can't. My mom was killing me. <laughs> so I just thought, Eric, just might go out there. Like, surely I might dry them if I just wash them a small bit. Like, right. Got into the microwave and... You did wash them the girls, and put them into <laughs> the microwave. I did wash them. And then the girls were saying, there's a smell of burn, there's a smell of burn. And I was like, what's wrong, like? And sure, they were crackling away inside the microwave and we just took them out and they were just burnt to a crisp, like. 
So apologies to any teachers listening because I think I did definitely break the microwave. I probably never worked again. I actually, I actually had, I nearly burnt the house down in Kerry a couple of weeks back. I was down there on my own and I decided for some reason, you know those bags of popcorn that you put in the microwave oh yeah yeah oh my god I mean they're lethal on top of them, like. they're totally lethal it just says three and a half minutes lie it down flat and I walked out of the room and I'm within about 90 seconds <laughs> within about 90 seconds there's smoke coming out of the kitchen no you'd have to stand on top of them are like. you supposed to watch it is it you're supposed to I think like and the three and a half minutes is not it's too long like <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. It's a bit too late. <laughs> okay. burning all over the house. And absolutely there was. And smoke alarms going off and everything. The next <laughs> one then involves the guards. Oh, yeah. Um, I went down to Duns and Balafalan and I was after changing my car only the week beforehand. And I came out with my shopping and I was looking for my silver car and I was there, oh my God, like, it's gone. So I rang the guards and I waited about 20 minutes and I was hysterical. I was like, I can't believe it. Like, my car was robbed and they were saying, relax, just give me the details and blah, blah, blah. So the guards came. They did. Yeah. My statement. And they were lovely. They were calming me down and everything. And I don't know, just, I saw a black focus right past me. And I just go, oh, my God. And I looked to the left. And there was the car because there was stuff in the back. And I just said, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I said, look, this is actually my car. I said, I changed my car last week. And it's my first time out and about properly. And it's kind of threw their eyes up to heaven as if to say, like... What is this one on? I was afraid in case to probably say, Were you drinking or something? Because <laughs> you're breathalyzing. I'm so sorry for wasting your time. I'm so sorry. And they were like, Yeah, just remember what kind of car you're driving the next day. You bought a new off. car and forgot you did a different oh, colour car, a different brand of car. But they could have exactly. arrested you for wasting police time. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I came home. I was in the office. I found the funny side of it afterwards. But Mortification of it. Oh, my And God. finally, um, a customer service call. Oh, yeah, the gas company. Um, it was actually for my dad, God rest him. He rang, or he showed me the, the bill, and he was saying, like, I didn't have a call-out charge, and they were after call, uh, charging them for two when I rang the company. You and were snapping. I was saying, like, how dare you? Like, I said, my dad is a pensioner. Like, he can't afford this. And, you know, I just said, he's up in the heat now, thinking you're going to cut him off. And he was there, right, give me the name that's on the, the account, <laughs> and give me the account number. And then they just said... I'm very sorry, Miss Patrick, but um, you're not actually a customer with me at all. <laughs> I just was, oh, for God's sake, and poor dad, they got killed. I, go, I don't care about that. I go, do I still have to pay the bill? <laughs> oh, I thought it in the end anyway. Like, you rang but, the wrong gas companies. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking of changing gas companies now, obviously, with things going on at the moment. Like, so I can't bring them back. Can't bring them back. Them. You're probably, uh, your number comes <laughs> up red alert. <laughs> 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 oh, at least we can laugh about it now, though. <laughs> um, pro- are you missing out any other any other stories like that, or is that about the sum of it? <laughs> I'm not, but I'd say some of my friends could probably fill up a morning show with you. Right. They just call me the unluckiest person in the world. Like, right. Well, I love it. They're great stories. <laughs> Stay listening. You're one step closer to a 500 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre in Watercourse Road. All right. Oh, brilliant. Thanks a million. <laughs> Cheers for now. Take care, Grace. From Grace to Robert. Robert, good morning. Uh, so you find yourself in Bandon, is it? That's right, that's okay. right. Yeah, and yeah, you're, yeah, you yeah. were cut short, I believe. No, no, I actually had an appointment, Neil. I had an appointment to see somebody, so I came off a building site and I said to him, I said, Jesus, I have to change my clothes, you're like angry, and all dirt and muck and... Why not? People, people are going in in pyjamas and uh, no bother no, no, and well, slippers well, and... We, 
<laughs> when, well, I had to change, and I will say, and then I had a little smart little plastic bag and under my arm, so I said, where are they going out? Jesus, what do we hand you a little monster arms hotel? Handy out. Go into the toilet and change inside there. <laughs> so I'm in the door, and I, and I see the, look, look past the reception, I see the door open, the toilets, I see toilets, I see toilets, I said, straight in there, I went to, you know, the way you go to a hotel now, and, you know, you, you kind of don't want to stay too long, like in case they're looking and seeing what's this floor, and so I just, tore into the toilet and, uh, and opened the cubicle and started, started undressing and changing. Next thing uh, I hear voices outside, outside the door and I heard a load of women. Jesus, what, what's wrong here? So, what was happening? I heard, it was was, 50, I heard it was 15 women came in. Yeah, they were after coming off a minibus, Neil, they were on tour and they were coming in for lunch, in for a calvary and it walked out and I was inside in the ladies' toilet. <laughs> I never, I'm like, I, just, I just went in the door, saw the cube because got straight in, never even done. You're supposed to look door. and see if there's a man or a woman's emblem yeah. up on the door. <laughs> that was grand, and I, they were coming in the next thing, there was only three cubicles, right? Of course, I was inside in one, like, <laughs> next thing, they were knocking the door, and just, and, God, yeah, I'm bursting, I'm bursting, I have to go. Are you finished yet? And then knock, bang in the door. Next thing, one said, Jesus, I don't know, she said, that poor woman mustn't be too well. She's inside her a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they sat down their hands and knees, look, are you all right in there? And I was standing up on top of the toilet, Neil, because I was afraid of my life, I was going to get seen, you know? So you I stood on the toilet, so, because they look uh, under and they can't see yeah, your feet Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. There's nobody in there, no, no, there's somebody in there, the door is locked, there's somebody in there, and I said, Neil, I was in the horrors. Why, did, you why know, didn't you just try and pretend you're a woman and say, no, oh, I'll, I'll be out soon, I'm not feeling too well. <laughs> but if you were there, the fear of God was on me, I tell you. I was scared. I was scared I was going to get thrown out. I was going to get arrested. You'll be arrested. You'll be arrested. How would you be able to yes, prove yes. that you weren't in there peeping over the cubicle? Exactly. Nobber. Nobber. <laughs> so I was in there, and then I suddenly see in there for silence, Neil, and eventually in there, the silence came out. I say a good 10 minutes now. 20 minutes, I'd say. I heard it was longer than that. Well, I don't know, it was long on because there was a good few women came in now and the stories were talking about this and that. And I didn't want to be listening to anything, Neil. <laughs> I was stuck amongst the middle of it. I tell you, I was in total horror. So how did you work I, out that it was safe to come out? I, I just waited for silence, Neil. And I was saying, and I looked out the door and I was peeping around. I said, Jesus, what am I going to do here now? I had a plan, and like I said, I was going to get out now, out the door and just walk straight and look at nobody. <laughs> and then they were, eventually, and I, I did that. I opened the door, no one around, next thing, and I out the door like a bullet and walked straight across the reception and straight out. And didn't look right nor left, back or forward, <laughs> looked straight out the door and gone. <laughs> I tell you, I got some fright by it. Uh, you know. <laughs> Robert Rowe, who your, sto- your life is full of stories, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a true story, Neil, I tell you. Like, it's a lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check the door before you push it in in future. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Stay listening, my man. Stay listening. Lovely to chat with you back after the break. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. We moved radio stations years and years ago from White's Cross down to Patrick's Hill long, long time ago. And for weeks after the move, I always found myself driving up St. Luke's and over by Ballyvalan and halfway out to White's Cross realising... We don't broadcast from here anymore. I think people have similar stories when they move house. I see somebody saying, I know I won't win a voucher, but uh, when I was 13, I walked home from school on a Monday, opened the door, went in, forgetting we moved houses the previous Friday. (laughs) 
Everybody loved John and Donovan's story with regards to the woman taking him home on the bus, but she took home the wrong child. And many were suggesting that John should have won the prize. That wasn't the reason that he was on. And Fairston came on to share the story to give you an idea of what we were talking about. But it did prompt other baby-related stories, like Sheila, 1974. Sheila, good morning. Good morning, me. So what brought you into town? This was in the days when Eason's had a record department. I remember it upstairs, well. Upstairs. Yeah, upstairs, upstairs. And you put the pram in underneath the stairs. I went in to buy the ABBA LP and it was my first day out with him. Yeah, that you know, probably was a double album, home. like the big one that opened up That's in the middle. That's right, the, the big one, yeah. Jenny Mac, I and remember I buying that from my mother. Anywhere, yeah. And myself and Tom went up the stairs. We left the pram there, you know. So we went up the stairs. We got, we looked around and... We were about 10, 15 minutes, got my LP, and we came down the stairs, out the door. We went into Baldur's, I suppose, on the way up and had a look around and came out, and we were just beyond Woodford Bones. You know, there beyond where Woodford was. Don Square. Over yeah. Don Square. And I said, Thomas, I feel missing something. <laughs> he said, Christ, the child. <laughs> well, the two of us just ran. I'm telling you now, I never ran so fast in all my life. Well, can, we were, like, like, this is baby Gary, who's only two weeks old. So this baby thing was brand new to you. How should I tell him when I take him out that morning? He was handsome, a brand new pram, his blue spray, nylon spray over the pram, <laughs> and a little pillow underneath, not a pillow, but this pillow stuck underneath him. And I had him all dressed in blue so everyone would know he was a boy. <laughs> I thought he was handsome. And there then I forgot him. <laughs> That must have I'm been not, some race back from Dawn Square to East. I'm not to telling you now, I'm a, I'm a race head originally anyway, but by God, if you saw my face, this swing <laughs> was oozed and this, the heat was coming out the top of my head. He went faster, he was still fast asleep. <laughs> fast asleep. He didn't know a bit. And you know, we never, never told anyone we were ashamed of our life. <laughs> and then I suppose as he got older one day like that, now, when he started to get older, he wouldn't sleep for us, you know. Thomas would have to take him out in the back of the car by night and he'd be standing up and he'd go to sleep. And then we'd try... He'd be driving around Cork in the yes, middle of the night. to get him to sleep. Because he was in... No, I won't call the name to him now on the phone. <laughs> but, cause, but he knows himself because we told him what he was. And then... Um, I said to him one night, you know, I had to wait to put him in the bed in between us. I said, Jesus Christ, I should have left you in Neeson. <laughs> no, because if you did. Because they probably have paid me to take you back. But in the 70s, you could have left them under the stairs in Neeson's and he'd have been there for months. Nobody would have he put would it have, Because they, there was no security or anything. No, sure, people were parked. Like they parked up prams all the way along the front of Rocha stores. Went off, did a day shop and came back and got well, the baby in yeah, the pram. I kn- well, He'll be honest with you, Neil. He never seen Tony again until he was about four. He'd be arrested for it now. So because yeah, you, are you reminded of that every time you hear an ABBA song? Oh, I, I am. I start laughing, and he'd often say to me, "My God, I'm a neglected child. She'd put ABBA before me." <laughs> but if you think about you know? it, you were very young. He was only two oh, weeks old. You just my forgot. You kind of like you, you'd forget that you had a baby. Like you'd forget. But I spent so much time in that morning getting them ready. You say, "Oh, would you forget?" Yeah, but it would be like it was so I new mean, to you. I spent more time on him getting them ready than I did myself, just because you know the first baby, the new pram, <laughs> new everything had to be perfect. <laughs> And then I went in five minutes in town, and I forgot about it. No, it wasn't your fault. Your husband was with you. There was there was two of you. Ah, but you know men, oh, for God's sake, men forget their own name, not among their children. <laughs> I love it. 
fair now, me like. Come on. But his father don't ever get the blame because I get the blame. It's a great story. And he's always saying to me he was an unwanted child. (laughs) I was also now as well, but he was an unwanted child. I love the stories, but I really love the way people tell the stories, like yourself or or Robert. I'm I'm reliving it there now when I'm telling you because I can see him running back. The big, the sweat pouring out me, the red face didn't go away for the day, being the red head that you can see. And of course, then, once I got my child back, I motioned to him. So he was the worst in the world. <laughs> what kind of a father was he? He got the, he got the brunt so, of it then, yeah, of course. Oh, for the whole day. Ah, but you have to the vent, though. You have to vent. You know, you have to. No, because even when he was feeding the child that evening, I said, Give me that child, because you might even fall. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. You're making my life very difficult here to pick a winner, but it's a great story, Thanks, Sheila. Me. Thanks. Bye. Bye, bye. 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 Somebody pick a winner. I mean, you, you, it'd be hard now to separate those calls this morning, particularly Robert and Sheila. But it has to be done, lads. It has to be done. Text 0868104106 if you want to get involved. Robert or Sheila, lads? Robert's story inside in the women's toilet or Sheila's story under the stairs in Easton's? Text 0868104106. Yeah, I'm a coward. Or as we'd say on Lee side, I'm funking it. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Just to be fair, there is another um, housing action uh, gathering. Um, I don't know if it's a protest, more like a rally, I suppose, uh, tomorrow in the city, to be fair to all. And it's been put together by a recent passionate contributor to this program, Derek Bly. And tomorrow, 24th of September uh, at 2 o'clock, they will gather, he will gather, and he's encouraging people to join him on the Grand Parade at 2 o'clock. He says if you're affected by housing, uh, no student accommodation, loss of business, unsafe streets, homelessness, or the gentrification and urban blight of our city, then you're welcome to join him and guest speakers tomorrow at 2 o'clock on the Grand Parade in the city. Uh, meanwhile, people are texting Robert Rojo wins our fifth and final 500 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre on the Watercourse Road. Here's a typical text. Robert should win. His story had me in stitches. I was picturing him stuck in the women's loo. So thank you to everybody who contributed this week. Our fifth and final voucher for Robert. A 500 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre on the Watercourse Road in Blackpool. Now, just very, very quickly, if you don't mind, I just want to do our Free Food Friday winners and see if we can get them on the phone Thank you for this. It's Broderick's Pharmacy on Barrick Street. So get them sorted there. And a big shout out now from Barrick from Broderick's Pharmacy when you get on the air. Otherwise, you don't win the prize. But I do have one other prize for you. And it's an opportunity for you to take yourself off uh, to the Opera House for the matinee performance uh, tomorrow afternoon of Shirley Valentine. It comes to Cork Opera House tomorrow. And we've got four pair of tickets for the matinee show tomorrow. It's at half past three. So the phone lines are open for that. 0818104106. You can book tickets directly at the Cork Opera House CorkOperaHouse.ie but Norma Sheehan the actor you may know Norma from Finding Joy Dead Still Bridget and Eamon Moon Boy The Clinic with A.B. Huberman and more recently in a fantastic production of John B's The Matchmaker with John Kenny she joins me quickly by phone Norma good morning how are you doing Neil I'm Amir, good Sheila did Sheila not win the prize? Sheila no. didn't win, did she? No, you see, you only have one winner. I hate, it's like, okay. which baby do I give away, you know? Okay, can you tell Sheila, I'm, I'm, I have to look after Sheila now, there's going to be two seats for Sheila at the matinee tomorrow. Thank you pass that on to Sheila. Thank you. That, what's her, let me know her surname after the call. Thank you. And she, yeah, absolutely. The, she can afford if she wants. The kindness of it. Love her. The kindness oh, of it. What I love about this Shirley Valentine is that Willie Russell's rewritten it. It's not Liverpool, it's set in Cork, is it? It's set in Cork and people have loved it because they can relate to it more. It's not the 
scouser for two hours. So <laughs> it's, um, yeah, Willie Russell, who wrote Blood Brothers, he came on a Zoom and he changed all the place names to whatever Grana Braher and Imperial and all the rest of it. I love it. So the, will the terminology change to like Gaul? And and skedaddle, like she'll skedaddle to Greece as opposed to go, or she, or well, words like plank. There's a few or, langers. There's a few langers thrown in there. All right. Yeah, she goes over to Greece it. and gets or doesn't get a fifty from a Greek Adonis. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of yeah. language, like. Yeah, he's a total slap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you bite, don't you? And her husband's a right old hardshaw. Oh, do you know what? I, I pity you weren't on the Zoom call as well. <laughs> You, 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 you would have been better than I, me at uh, words in. I never saw Shirley Valentine. She's fed up with life and ends up talking to her wall, is it? Talking to the wall like all of us <laughs> for the last two years. But I tell you what, what it, the play was there before the film and it won Tony Awards. So it's actually a really amazing piece of writing. Like I'm, I'm loving it. And the audience is it's kind of getting, any particularly women between 30 and 90, it's kind of getting them motivated again and stop. I you know, think, to the kitchen sink. on a serious note, I think, I think COVID did that for a lot of relationships where people kind of said, nah, this ain't for me no more. I'm not sure they went to Greece or Cyprus. But they decided to do yes. to you know to to mix things up a bit, I suppose, right? And in fairness, like she doesn't kind of run away with her man in Greece because she knows bloody well he's 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 trying it on with every young one that comes into the place. But <laughs> she, he he helps her discover herself, and it's about finding her purpose again, and you know just just having a bit of zest in your life, not being um not 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 just falling by the way. I understand. Uh, yeah, who wouldn't yeah, think it's yeah. a dreary marriage if your husband comes in and always expects his tea at six o'clock and gets annoyed if it's not there? You'd soon get fed up with that kind of carry on, wouldn't you? Well, you'd cook him egg, eggs and chips, and and then if he did fling them in, yeah, you'd 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 walk fairly lightly. Yeah, <laughs> I know so you it's, would. there's a lot of that. Does she go so back I to him in the end, or am I giving away the plot? Look, do you know what? As he says, oh, I heard about you in your holiday romance, and she says. The only holiday romance Joe I've had is with myself, and you know what? I like myself. I'm alive. So there's a bit of that. It's like you're a whatever. It's you know? powerful. Though. So yeah, 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 yeah. I need to sit down and watch it and go and see it in the opera. How's life for you? You seem to have been mad busy. I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing a matchmaker with John Kenny. That's mental because he's a lunatic. He's your man from the Unbelievable. That's right. And um, yeah, I'm loving that as well. And filming bits here and there with the. Did an old Netflix thing there the other day. I was an old Netflix thing. She says, and like ah, throw away yeah, a couple away. of lines. <laughs> like, but they have too much money. It was great. They paid me an awful lot. Um, but <laughs> no, <laughs> but I know the big, the big thing now is Shirley tomorrow. Like the night show is practically pretty much sold out. There's about twenty tickets left. I'd say on Ticketmaster or on the Cork Opera House website. Um, but the matinee, there's, a, there's plenty of seats left for that. Okay, well, let's but drive like, that on. Don't miss this oh, production. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. Like, this, I, the whole of St. Angela's will be out, <laughs> and all the monsters will be out. <laughs> and I mean, there's, there's 400 relatives in laws, out laws, up laws, down laws. You know, it'll be, it'll be, yeah, it'll be great. Break a leg, girl. Congratulations on a great career so far. And best of luck with Shirley Valentine at the Opera House. Nice chatting with you, Norma. Make sure Sheila gets the tickets. Sorted, sorted. Not a bother, not a bother. Well done. You can book directly, CorkOperaHouse.ie, but our phone lines are open. We've got Sheila's tickets set aside and four pairs for the matinee. Go along, there are tickets available. Book the CorkOperaHouse.ie for the Cork production, if you like, of Shirley Valentine. Okay, uh, what have we got here now? We've got winners already on that. Veronica Walsh is going. Um, Marion Duggan is going Norma Rice and Geraldine Kremen so let's see if we can get a big shout out out of Broderick's Chemist on Barrick Street and on the basis of the shout out we'll decide then whether or not we give them uh, food for at least 15 of them courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Perry Perry Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park so on line three uh, what have we got um, Katrina good morning good morning <laughs> 
Oh, that's one of the best shout-outs yet. How many is <laughs> how, many's in the, how many staff have you got up there? Uh, Fifteen. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Means you don't have to share. Okay, we'll get it sorted for you. Roosters Piri Piri. Wonderful food. Have a great weekend. The Red Patrollers will deliver it in an hour or so. All right. Okay, thank you very much. Big shout out to everybody there. Katrina, Nicola, Shauna, Sarah, Barry, Carmel, Rachel, Mary, Alice, and all of the gang. That's one heck of a big uh, chemist. I don't count nine. I don't count nine. So I think maybe you might be sharing it with a couple of the neighbours and the neighbourhood shops on Barrack Street. That's it, lads. Um, you know what? One of these days, I'm just going to do a day without phone calls at this stage. I get so backed up with the emails and texts. It's hard to just do justice to all of them. We'll try again next week. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.